incredible. A local hero. Tell me you saw that court storming yesterday. So much of a local. I want this man to call the show today. I want to know who this person is. He needs to be recognized because he alone went out there. When everybody else gave up on this team, he just looked at them all and said, no, no, no. I will rush the court if I have to do it all by myself and have a one-man party. And he did. But that wasn't Cookie Moore. And maybe it was. I want to know. I want to know who that person was. So at some point, if you know that person, call them. I, I need to talk to them. They had lost 26 games in a row. You guys made fun of them a couple Fridays ago, right? Yeah. They finally win, and we get a court storming. I was like, kind of, sort of. You know, when the guy, when PJ sends me the thing, like, we got a course, maybe I should give him Titan Club tickets. No, no, he gets season tickets. Season tickets. Titan Club. You know what? Give him a warm-up. Let him sit on the bench. Rico, the video. That's a real fan. He takes a couple steps out, realizes it's only him, takes a couple more, puts both arms in the air, and spins it around in a circle. Basking in it. Right. Like, guys. We may never see this again. It's incredible for people who missed it. I mean, Kenny comes from that elite school of OU. They win all the time. But, you know, U of D people have to relish this moment. (laughs) For those who missed Cash the Ticket, we actually gave out that play. And I think it is our finest hour as a podcast that we handed out an 0-26 team as a favorite. And it hit our finest hour. We We will do no better than that. So, some love for Detroit Mercy as we kick off the show. UDM. Yes. Not Detroit Mercy. UDM. UDM. Or just, is it UD? They keep changing. Okay, when I they go, won! When I go into the little app and I check the score, it says Detroit Mercy. They won. All, lo- all love. You know what? You're better than, better than the Pistons. You won. <laughs> you know who else won last night? Who? A team that may have been buried too soon by the guy who normally sits in this seat. <laughs> Is the light switch getting flipped on here? You know what? Yeah. Mi- Michigan State. We're talking about Michigan State basketball, folks. When Costa sends you a little, uh, when he sends you a text message of just somebody hitting a light switch, it took a sec. Like, what is meme is this? Oh, Michigan State goes on the road. They defeat Penn State 80-72. to It wasn't even that close. Penn State hit a couple try-hard baskets at the end to tighten up the score. Michigan State left for double digits from about 95% of the game. I'm going to say this. This is the reason why Tom Izzo is so polarizing when it comes to basketball. Because he starts off, there's high hopes, there's high expectations. Spartan fans think whatever happened last year rolls over into the new year. You find out it doesn't. They crash and burn like clockwork. But Around basketball reunion weekend, sometime in February, they're going to play a weekend game against a top-ranked opponent. They're going to beat that opponent. They're going to beat that team. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, could this be? Even you were asking, could could this team go on a Final Four run? This is where the whole January-February Izzo comes in because at the beginning of the year, he schedules all the hard games, and they lose. And then – they started winning, and then you start saying, well, if they're beating all of these teams, you start looking at the schedule. Did you bury them? It depends on what you're looking for. Is this a Final Four team? I'm going to still say no. 
The sad reality is this. 248-539-9797. Michigan State fans, did did you bury this MSU basketball team too soon? Did you did you say Tom Izzo was washed and he's cooked? Or maybe you still want him gone. We'd love to hear what you have to say. I'll stand by this. This team, the bar has dropped for them. It used to be about going to the Final Fours, and now it's about getting to the second weekend. Now it's about can you get to the Sweet 16. They don't hang banners for it, but they hang unofficial banners. It's like pounding your chest. Yeah, Well, at least we got to play K-State and lose in New York in a double overtime game. We made it. Because they haven't made it out the first weekend in a long time. Since last year was the first time in a long time. Think about that. Michigan State used to guarantee if you went there and stayed for four years, you were guaranteed to go to a Final Four. That's over. Now, it's Sweet 16. But the team is not as bad as a lot of people think. Because I heard people, well, they're not going to make the tournament. They're and then with Mike, they will make the tournament, okay? They have enough wins. They have enough net ranking. They're going to make the tournament. The problem is you're sitting in the dreaded 8-9 seed. That means you're going to play. If if you happen to win the coin flip game, because 8-9, ask any better. That's the game you really don't want to play because you have no idea. Then your reward, congratulations, there's UConn. Congratulations. Well, you can't play Purdue because they're in the same conference. But there's Kansas. There's Houston. There's a top team waiting for you if you happen to get past the first game. I don't want to drop the bar for Izzo. This is a Hall of Fame coach. They had a preseason top five team. They have not lived up to that. But I think when people, and I'm going to use Mike as, as the example of this, but when people buried this team, I think they did it prematurely. Rico. Since 2001, every team that has won the national title has been top 25 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Guess where Michigan State sits today? Top 25 in O&D efficiency. They got a coach with tourney success. They got not one, not two, three guards. And when one guy doesn't play well, another one picks him up. It was Aikens fourth, yesterday. Well, I'm about to say a fourth when they got shot, but well, yes. I left that part <laughs> out. Um, yeah. But my point is it's guards, plural, coach who's done it, O and D efficiency and this Malik Hall thing, he has come on strong lately. Okay. Rico, they, you know this, but I'm telling this to everybody else. They're going to be favored in just about every game outside the Purdue matchup to round out the regular season. There's runway for this team to take the Illinois win, which was big, the Penn State win. They're not that great, but it's a road win, and string together another one this weekend against Michigan. And then now what the is Michigan- it? Iowa, Ohio State, who fired a coach. They win five, six in a row. They start heating up. And guys, does it not feel like that familiar feeling as the calendar shifts to March? For as much as people have buried them, I think that was premature. See, here's what happened. And, and I do think the pre- it depends on where you're at. Because, yes, burying them thinking that, oh, they're not going to make the tournament. Yeah, that's premature. But for Michigan State, you get judged fair or not based off of your past success. That's where the frustration kicks in. Because as a Spartan fan, you're used to a higher, higher plateau. Higher yeah, Sweet 16 sounds and it's like, like weenie. When yeah, you say su- that, it sounds like well, Sweet what? 16 is where you were in 1998. Okay? When you broke through, when you played North Carolina, it was like, wow, this is what the second weekend looks like. And then you went to three straight Final Fours. You won a national title. You start going. That's when he became Mr. March. Mm-hmm. And now it almost feels like you're going backwards. Because here's the thing. You're favored in all the games coming up except for Purdue. 
unfortunately, the Purdue game at Mackey is going to remind you of what life is really like when you play a top team. Because the Purdue Mackey's just weird. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been. I've heard stories. It's 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 asymmetric. It's it's all it works for them. Okay? And it's always given MSU fits. The last time Michigan State won was the backcourt was Keith Appling and Gary Harris. Oh my God. Yeah, that Keith Appling and that Gary so Harris. Gary Harris is like rounding out an NBA career. Right. That was like the wrapping last, up. That was the last time they went in there. So it causes problems. Yeah. If you're MSU, yeah, it, you're basing it off of what you want this team to be because they were preseason number four. Now, you're right. They got a lot of things. The Malik Hall, I don't know what young lady has entered this man's life, but he needs to hold on to her because all of a sudden his game has changed. And he's going out there. He's dominating. He's and I'm confident. Like, it's Malik. Like it was in the locker room. I was like, Malik, you realize that they threw the ball to you in Illinois. They gave you the ball, not Tyson Walker at the end of the game. He was like, well, that's what everybody thinks and dreams of in their backyard. But I'm sitting there thinking, but you're not Tyson Walker. Cookies, they've won their last two games. Tyson Walker has not been the leading scorer. If you can continue playing like this, then, yeah, the bar is high. If you can continue doing this, then yeah, you can go. Now, it all depends on the seeding in the tournament. But this is one where it's the frustrating thing about Tom Izzo and the MSU basketball program. Because just when you think they're done, they're not. I remember I had this conversation with the late, great Drew Sharp. And I said, Drew, you know what? I'm done. I'm done burying this team because they make me look ridiculous every year. I, do, I, w- I would go on the rant and like, oh, this team is horrible. And he was like, no, no. So finally, it was a year they had lost their first game in the in the Big Ten tournament. It was horrible. We were driving back from Indianapolis. And I made him a bet. And I'm like, Drew, I promise you, this team's going to the Final Four. You're being a homer, not being a homer. I'm looking at analytics. And nobody even talked about analytics at that time. <laughs> but I'm like, this team is going to go. Sure enough, he owed me a dinner. He was like, I'll be damned. You were right. You said this three weeks ago. I was like, Drew. That's what it, it's the frustrating thing about this team. This team, it's hard being a Spartan fan in basketball because you want to believe and then they take it away from you and then you're skeptical, should I believe again? Yeah, we've done this dance before. Like you could make the little chart, the graphic, preseason expectations, big smile, early season struggles, Izzo's washed. Because right. early, early, early February, big win, wait, there's life, don't bury him now. Where are you at in that cycle of fandom? Because I do think some have already buried this team, and I I think you were wrong to do so. Yeah. I mean, Saturday is going to be a big game. You're going to be playing. Not a big game, but it's a rivalry game. And you could go back to 20 years ago when state fans bought out Chrysler Arena, kind of like how Lions fans went to all the different arenas. and bo- State fans can do that. Tickets are like 20, 30 bucks. And – you turn that place into, you know, hearing the go green, go white chant going in there, maybe you can propel that because that's the one where, you know, can you go? Because they're 0-4 against Juwan at Chrysler. I don't know if you knew that. I, I did not have that stat today. There you go. Well, there you go. This is the worst Juwan team. Anyway, Michigan State's how we begin the show. They won last night on the road at Penn State. They had the big win last weekend against Illinois, starting to heat up at the right time of year. Your reaction, it's 97-1. Another day, 
more hype. We'll get to it at three o'clock. Michigan basketball or Michigan State basketball is the way we begin the show. Spartans got a win last night at Penn State. They got a win against Illinois last weekend. Starting to trend up. Buried too soon, you tell us. David, what do the ticket texters have to say? I'm sick of MSU excuses and Izzo slaps. Been 25 years since the title. They continuously drop the ball and fall short of expectations. Costa still believes the Izzo in March thing. (laughs) He isn't that anymore. Go look at his record. They lose on the first weekend more often than they don't. That is from Mike. I would agree the mystique isn't what it was. I don't think he has that same level of success that he once was. I think we covered that to start the show. My point was this team. Come on, man. Rico. Izzo was polarizing, so either you praise him too much or you beat him down too much. I'm just trying to live in the here and the now with this team. They underachieved to start the season. They are playing much better despite what other people tell you. They're playing better. Metrically, they grade out as a team that can go on a deep tourney run. They have three veteran guards. They've got a front court scorer who's a veteran who's playing some of his best ball of his career. They've got a coach who, while he hasn't done it as frequently as peak Izzo, is still Tom Izzo. And you would think we don't even have a basketball team in the state worth talking about. Rico, they're flipping the switch right, late because, in the season at the right time. Because here's the thing. I will say this. For everybody who's like, well, Izzo hasn't won in 25 years or 24 years, no one in the Big Ten has. Mm. They're still the last team. Because I don't count Maryland because Maryland wasn't in the Big Ten at the time that they won it. No Big Ten team has won since 2000. Yeah. So if that's the case, then the entire conference sucks. Well, they, the conference has been. Right. But they've Underachieving. Been in a, no, they've made, I think, the championship game eight or nine times during that period. They just can't win the big game. David, what else? I just roll with the punches because someday Izzo is going to hang it up and we're going to become North Carolina under Matt Doherty. John in Lake Orion. Someone else says, Izzo is washed. A couple wins doesn't change that. This was supposed to be his greatest team ever and hasn't done anything Except for a first weekend out. Okay, real quick. This team had a lot of expectations. But let's not confuse things. This was not his best team ever, Rico. Am I, am I it was supposed something? to be, though. Was it supposed to it be? It was talked about. No, Izzo came out, and he said that he really likes this team. Okay. He, he, this was all his words. I, I don't think this is the best team he's ever had. Do you? No. I think it's I think it's a good team that can go on a run here. I just, I don't, I want to be... No, ironically enough, the two best teams that he had had both early exits. Yeah. Oh. The, uh, Denzel Valentine's senior year, that was the, uh, 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 was it Memphis? Uh, Middle, Middle, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Middle giddy, Tennessee giddy, State. Yes. Giddy, giddy pots, baby. Ah. I think the ticket texts that we've already taken are kind of proving my point, though. I'm not promising you a Final Four. I didn't say this team's winning a national title. I said... Guys, the ingredients are there, and they're playing well, and and everybody else is going, yes, they're currently six feet under. How dare you bring the shovel? They're proving my point. Many people have written this team off prematurely because the season's not over. They are playing some of their best ball, and I think you owe it to yourself to see it through if you think there's even half the talent you thought there was on opening night. But you also have to remember where we live. So you have half the fan, half the people who just want to see crash and burn and, and, and laugh no matter what. So... You know, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. That That's where you have a whole city and a fan base that just anti-Michigan State. Now, a lot of Spartan fans, your expectations are so high, like Mike, that when you don't achieve them, you it's 
I can't settle for less. No, then skewer them. My, my point is if they underachieve, then skewer them. But season's yeah. not over. Yeah, what is the standard of the program, though? And I think people were seeing, and I'm still seeing, I don't see that standard right now to say they can make that. And so, get that. so, okay, on the fly here, what's a successful season? A successful season? Yeah, where you say, wow, that was a, that was a successful Michigan State basketball season. Yeah, if they make the Sweet 16. Uh, the Where they're at right now? Yeah. I think the standard of MSU with Tom Izzo as your coach, Final Four is a success. Yes. It should, right, that's where they should be, but being realistic. Yeah, at least make it to that regional final, right? If you want to be realistic, Give a chance. probably not going to. Okay? You're not. I mean, because when you play Purdue, you're going to find out what it is like going up against one of the big boys in college basketball. They're going to embarrass you. Jerry, get some of your thoughts. Jerry, you're on 97.1. Hey, guys. How you doing out there? Good. Hey, Jerry. Um, so I've, I've been watching for basketball now and my thing with Izzo and I really started to lose faith in him after Middle Tennessee because you guys were just talking about how good of a team that was mm -hmm. and then uh, I believe a few years later we had another solid team I think Cassius Winston was on the team and we lost to Buffalo like in the first or second weekend um, and to the point that you, you guys are saying like what is the standard and I think the fact that we even have to ask that question is why we have to start questioning whether or not Izzo should, you know, continue to be the coach other than his name being Tom Izzo because for a while there, the standard was Final Four, trying to win a title. We're a blue blood. We're Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina. But I personally don't remember the last time I felt like this was a blue blood team. And, and again, the fact that we have to question was, I, to me, an outstanding season this year would just be getting to the Elite Eight. I'd be, like, freaking out if we got to the Elite Eight. But... That seems weird as a Spartan basketball fan. And I don't know, man, the fact that we're like, well, what's the standard now? Well, if the standard's not what it was, then maybe we need to start questioning. Jerry, you're right. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's right. Jerry, it is. But, Jerry, I'll say this. There's really one blue blood team out there if you really look at college basketball. There's only one Kentucky team. Here that, North Carolina. Say what? No, it's Kentucky Kansas. Kentucky or North Carolina? No, Kansas. Have you seen Kentucky basketball lately? They hate their coach. As bad as we yeah. talk about Izzo, they're talking about Calipari. Hold on. Isn't UConn a blue blood with their success? UConn rises and falls. Kansas is the only one that consistently is always there. Duke, and now that Coach K is gone, like Izzo, he's taking I mean, a step back. You know, North Carolina played for the championship a couple years ago and post, now they post, post Roy Williams, and they're going to be in contention right, again this they started, year. They, they were Michigan right. State last year. They started preseason number one, didn't make the tournament after winning the national title. So, I mean, it, this is one where I think reputation falls in. and There's facts, and there's what people believe. <laughs> facts say there's only one team that's a blue blood, Kansas. Kansas consistently is always there. I would just Duke say is on the way down. New coach, North Carolina, on the way down. Kentucky, all the NBA talent they get, they keep getting in their own way. I think Jerry makes a good point. It's it's the question of Izzo and how the program has fallen. They aren't what they once were. Nope. I think that's obvious and it is fair to criticize and question Tom Izzo to wonder about the longevity and the health of the program and should he be here for much longer those big picture conversations I think are fair 
they're welcomed. My question was about this year's team, which unquestionably had the talent preseason, is playing noticeably better now, and metrically grades out as a team that could go on a run, yet nobody wants to talk about that. Because, because of the bigger picture. Right, because I'm you, saying just focus in, dial can't. in. We're about they're on the eve of March. You can't because Spartan fans don't want to be hurt. Okay. They don't want to buy in. If I don't buy in, you can't break my heart. If I don't accept a date and go out with you, you can't break my heart. I think you're right. You're not gonna do this to me again. No. Where's your belt? No. Give yourself a ding. That's a great point. That's all it is. If I don't start to believe, I can't be hurt. You can't disappoint me because I won't believe in you. So, therefore, if it happens, I'll jump on the Pleasant bandwagon surprise. at the same second. Yep, yep. You've exceeded my expectations. But does that bother you? Like, as a Michigan fan, David, seeing these Michigans, they're only, they can only have their cake and eat it, too, when they're good, and they don't want any of the pain and the suffering when they're bad. No, I'm, I'm with Spartan fans on that. I understand right, where most of them are. But it's, it's like Mike makes it like, I can't believe you go to these games. I can't believe you watch the games. I'm like, I'm going to watch them, but I'm, I, I have. I've lowered my expectation. So I don't get angry. It's like, okay, you go on the road. They won their second Big Ten road game last night. I don't expect them to win when they go on the road. Here, here's a dirty little secret. When you get to the tournament, none of the games are true road games. Right. So, so right, but it's like, oh, but what about this? Spartan fans don't want to be hurt again. Okay. Because you've had this expectation, and the times you really believed, that's when they crashed and burned. But when you really look at the NCAA tournament – NCAA basketball is funny and it's fickle. How many top teams win it all? They don't. Single elimination. It's unforgiving. Right. Like Purdue went in there, best team ever, until they played the first round game against Fairleigh. All right. Three o'clock. There is a local product whose draft hype continues to grow by the day. We'll get to it top of the hour. We've got football questions next. 97-1. So let's talk about the Super Bowl, the next Super Bowl. We're not going to talk about the 49ers and the Chiefs. We're going to talk about this upcoming Super Bowl. Odds have been out for the last few days. We've talked about it a little bit, but let's dive deep with it. My first question, I'm going to give you a few teams that are in the back of the odds here, and I want to know if any of these teams can jump up into, let's just say, the top 15 in odds with moves this offseason. Start with the Steelers at plus 9,000, the Broncos plus 10,000, Commanders, Patriots, and Titans all at plus 15,000, all probably drafting quarterbacks. Can any of those teams make moves this offseason to put them in the top 15? You realize what he just did? He thinks he's slick. He lumped a whole bunch of dead bodies and his Pittsburgh Steelers, so we would say nice things. Well, no, they're the best of that group, David. But they're back but I see which I see what you're doing. Can they make a move to put them in the top 15? Any of them. Yeah, you, you said the Steelers, who? Steelers, Titans, Commanders, Patriots, Washington Broncos. Generals, <laughs> Washington Generals, Kentucky Wildcat football. Yeah, I think it's the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before. I think Justin Fields is the linchpin. You can go get him, combine with what you have, you can do something. If the Commanders bypass taking a rookie and go get an established quarterback, they could immediately enter the equation. So... Yes, they can, but drafting a rookie quarterback, I think what C.J. Stroud did is an anomaly, and yes. you won't see that again for a very, very Even long time. Peyton Manning didn't do that. Right. Like, think about it. The Titans, they have a new coach, presumably a new quarterback. Maybe or, not or Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, come on. 
I feel like you just set us up to say nice things about your team. I'm on. There you. are no nice things to say about the Steelers, but let me ask you about another team that I did not mention that is at plus 15,000. It is the New York Giants. Are you <laughs> surprised to see them with the second worst Super Bowl odds right now? I'm not, because really nothing about the Giants screams they're good. They have Saquon Barkley, who they would probably lose in the offseason, because I don't think he's going to stick around. I think he's going to get dealt. They're going to hit rock bottom. They're going to have to start all over again, and you made the mistake of paying Daniel Jones. So you're going to be paying a guy to hold a clipboard because you probably want to go and get a young quarterback. Yeah, what is their identity? Losing. Like they have oh, oh. they have an offensive head coach in Brian Dable, but like tell me that they've developed a stable of receivers. Tell me the offensive line is even a little stable. Well, you're tell about, me they have a quarterback that's looked promising. No, no, you're, uh, Jim, you're about to lose your offense when Barkley yeah. walks out the door. And how about defensively? They, Wink Martindale's gone, whatever you think of him. They at least had an identity as a heavy blitzing defense. Now they're kind of starting over there. You know what that tells me? What are the odds for Dable to be the first coach fired? Because the New York market, if they're one of the worst teams in football, he's going to be out. Well, the, think about the New York market for that for both of the teams. Salah. Yeah, good point. So let's get into the Jets for a quick second because we're going to do the six under the radar now teams in the odds. And let's start, let's start with the Jets. They are at plus 2,500. You consider them an under the radar team when it comes to Super Bowl odds? No, I don't. I don't believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think unless they go out there and pick up two pieces to that offensive line, that offensive line was horrible. Like, we, we, we made fun of all the other quarterbacks, but really the common denominator was they couldn't protect. They couldn't do it. Defense was great. Offense, horrible. So with Rodgers coming back, all he's going to do is run for his life because if, if you fail to remember his three plays as a Jet – was negative yards. They lost some close games this year. I'm not telling you they can win a Super Bowl, but with a decent quarterback, can they have a winning record? Can they be in the playoffs? That's as much as I could sell you on, and I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl. Rico's right. They don't have enough up front to win multiple playoff games. So, yeah, you're looking at, what, the Bills and the Dolphins you got to overcome? Correct. Not even saying the Patriots. Just, they got to be the second best team because they're not going to win the division, but it'd be the second best team in the division. No. That's tough. Uh, next one on the list, Jim. Yeah, only your division puts in everybody. <laughs> almost. Almost. Uh, is this great value? Ooh. Houston Texans plus 2,200. With a capital V, value. Second year for the coach and the quarterback. They're just scratching the surface. It does feel like they got an outside shot to surprise the world. They have $65 million in salary cap space, and I saw a rumor report out there that Saquon Barkley would be a fit there. Think about it. They made that run tank. Dell was hurt. He should be back next season. Now, if they add Saquon, I think that would fit. That's one of those where you have a young team, so you could pay him and you could afford to do that. Yeah. Saquon changes the equation because I think that they do will hit a sophomore slump that they'll fall backwards. But who's the best team in that division? It's not like there there's a no juggernaut at the top. No. So they, they're at least in a position to host another home playoff game. They won one this year. No, no, but I think the same thing is, as I say for the Lions, that schedule is going to get a lot harder. You're right. 
We're now they have a first place schedule with you may not say a first place roster, right? That's fair. Necessarily, so that's where the team could be good or even better, but they may not have the same amount of wins. Let's touch on the uh, different team in that division, the Jags at plus three thousand. Yeah, I'm tapped out. <laughs> I, I keep hearing uh, Trevor Lawrence and old Trevor Lawrence says, "Okay, great hair. You've done nothing. You've really not impressed me. You haven't." Just the way Caleb Williams will do for me. He won't impress me either. But Trevor, I was told, was going to be, you know, the next great. Still waiting. Well, it's interesting because there almost is the, the parallel here. They are last year's Texans, right? Yeah. They, young team, made the playoffs, won a playoff game, that Play, weird game with the Chargers. Played a real schedule. Yeah. Took a step back. But now does the bounce back from the bounce back. I think this year is kind of the prove-it year for Trevor Lawrence and company. Or you're right, Rico. He will get relegated to that group of dudes who are just okay. Yeah. Next team on the list, they are a hot team on the betting uh, market right now. It is because of their new coach. It is the Los Angeles Chargers at plus 2,500. Hmm. Hmm. I guess the biggest question is, will Jim Harbaugh keep them from chargering? Basically, it's like Clemsoning, Clemsoning, where they just fall apart. They find ways. They're the NFL. They find ways to lose games. And you're like, really? Huh, never seen that before. I mean, I still go back to the game where if they could just tie the game with the Raiders, they both make the playoffs, and somehow they manage to screw that up. That they pissed off the Raiders, and the Raiders like, oh, okay, you know what? We're just going to win this game. We're not both going. We're going. You're not. Go home. No, because you play in the same division as Kansas City. So, no, I, I don't see this happening. I do think he'll be able to button up a lot of the nonsense that's happened in L.A. where it's been Herbert trying to overcome a ton of bad performances around him. Button it up. Closer games. Herbert's a special quarterback, right? He is one year ahead of uh, Trevor Lawrence to me. I thought he was. I thought he was going to beat something and nothing. David, I don't think they do it in year one, but I'm interested. I think that's interesting where you have a price. It will be a better team, but that not means, Super Bowl. Right. I mean, you have Kansas City right there like, hi, Jim. Yeah. Here's and, a fruit and, basket. And Welcome to the neighborhood. And their roster, need they need to make some. They have $44 million over the cap. Yeah, right they have now. some major tweaks. Probably not year one for Harbaugh. So real quick, the last two teams both play in the northern part of the country, one AFC one NFC, the Cleveland Browns plus 3,500, and the Minnesota Vikings plus 5,500. I'm way more interested in the Browns than the Vikings. The Browns, if, 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 the, uh, if the Watson experiment works, mm. maybe you have something because you have the defense. Now, if Deshaun Watson can go out there and give you 75% of what he used to be, you may be the best team or you'll be battling Cincinnati. So, yeah, I, I think that there's something there because that Cleveland defense is so good. If you could just score 21 points, you'll probably win the majority of your games. And with Minnesota, I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Is it Kirk Cousins next year? I think it has to be. Okay. And they're in a division. I mean, both teams are in a tough division, but I feel like Minnesota's been going the wrong way for a couple years. I would much rather take the Browns team on the way up. See, I look at, if you just say Cousins and he's, he's that game manager, man, you got weapons. And you me, got weapons that a lot of quarterbacks would kill to have. Yeah. And let me say, like, I know Minnesota 
two years ago won the division. I felt like we all identify that as a fraudulent team on the way down. This year was the way down. I, they they, I, I they missed I mean, their quarterback. So I, I know everybody wanted to bury the Vikings. I'm, I'm not because you did not have your QB. They also didn't have a run game. That matters. It matters, but they didn't have a QB. So that hurt them. I did, I, I, this, they got to buy for me for this year. I know, you know, in Detroit, oh, they're frauds, they're this, they're that. Guys, come on. If Jared Goff went down for the year and the Lions took a step back, you can't bury them. You have to sit there and say, you know what? Wasn't their year. Not going to punish them for that. So Rico saying Minnesota wins the division next year. That is no, your no, in no, football no. today. Green Bay. We opened the show talking a little MSU hoops. The one last night on the road at Penn State. No, you don't throw a party for that. They beat Illinois the previous Saturday. That's a big win. It's a couple in a row. That time of year starts to feel familiar, but a lot of people have buried them. So we opened the show asking if you had buried them too soon. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and a local prospect who's Stock is soaring pre-combine, but he continues to move up. And I think there's an interesting discussion, a spicy conversation at 3 o'clock. David, what do we have on the ticket text? This team has a chance to finish 20 and 10-ish with a bye in the Big Ten tournament. That's a decent year. I'm happy. Agree with Rico on Kansas. Basketball, they are only the only blue blood since 1990 that have been top four seed every year except for two years in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I know we like to say, well, <clears throat> Kentucky. And then I ask people, uh, okay, well, name me all the titles. Calipari's won. Name me all the Final Fours. He's won. That's it. He's got the one title. Yeah. He's put in 40% of the NBA. I'll give him credit for that. But you, think about it. We bashed Juwan because he had two lottery picks. Kentucky has lottery picks every year. And they don't go far. So Kansas is the only one that has NBA players and they actually win. Duke was up there, but I think you're seeing a, a step back. With Roy Williams and Coach K both leaving, Duke and North Carolina are not the same teams. Give it a little bit of time, as, as John Jans would say, if you let it play out. Oh, yeah, here you go. But right now, there is a blue blood. UConn rises and falls. They'll be great for this year, maybe next year. And then they'll go to having losing records again. And then they'll rise back up again. That's what they do, historically speaking. Kansas is the only consistent team that is that technical blue blood program. Regarding the Lions from that football today, someone says, going into last season, we thought our division would be a cakewalk for the next few years. Now, Green Bay has rebuilt. Suddenly the Lions are good. The Vikings will be good again. And the Bears have a ton of draft picks. The division got tougher. Yeah, Rico slipped in at the end. You think Green Bay could win the division this year? I do. I do. Um, they're young. Their quarterback is all of a sudden it seemed like the game started to slow down for him. I think that the, his play he's going to take that playoff game and kind of learn what they did right at Dallas, what they did wrong in San Francisco. But as, as much as Lions fans like to think, oh, we were this play away, they, they were a play away from making the NFC title game. They played well. Wish they would have. I don't think so because they were they were humming. They, that team was that team's good. I, okay, here's the thing: I can have a respect for how Green Bay ended the season 
and the trajectory of their franchise. I can acknowledge Chicago has two top 10 picks, some big decisions, but they're generally trending up. Right. They got their, their house in order at the end of last season. I can respect what teams in the divisions are doing. I can tell you it's going to be harder for the Lions. But here's the difference. Five, six years ago, you'd be a little more aware of what everybody else in the division is doing because the Lions didn't have their own house in order. Because I they trust what the Lions are doing, because I trust the people in charge, and because they have the resources to stay where they're at, I don't worry about the other teams because I trust what we have here in Detroit. Here's why I say that, because when it boils down to it, that Packer team that you initially beat at the beginning of the year wasn't the same Packer team that came in here on Thanksgiving. Can we agree upon that? Yeah, they were better. Love is the one kind of quarterback that gives this team fits. So, yeah, I do think that it's going to be a problem for them. I mean, as bad as Chicago was, they gave Lion fits for two games. The Lions split them, but he gave them fits both here and in Chicago. Shouldn't have lost here, but they found a way to lose. That's the, that's to me is the difference maker, uh, and it goes back to what we talked about yesterday. Unless you shore up that defensive line, the mobile QB will always be the Achilles' heel of this team, and that's what love is. So yeah. what you're saying, Rico, is love always finds a way. Love over hate. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. All right, Radio Raheem. <laughs> oh man. Uh, someone's talking about your blue bloods here. It says blue blood programs are allowed to rise and fall. They can't fall off the radar for three years or more. As long as they stay in the mix, they're still in the perceived elite club. Okay, and I'm saying one team has stayed there. Carolina is in that last year of holding on to their ticket. Duke. Hold on. Carolina was in the Final Four in 2022. Wasn't that long ago. Right. Two seasons ago. They're not about to fall and then out. They of did not, and then they did not make, make the, the tournament, tournament at all. They're going to make the tournament this no, year. No, no. I'm saying when you don't make the tournament, that's a major statement from you just were right there. Yeah. And then you're not. So that's, yeah. So what I'm saying is, yes, they're, they look like they're back, but they not making the tournament meant you, you know what, to the back of the line. You're blue blood, but you're you're at the back of the blue blood line. All right then, because I, I to me blue bloods UConn is a blue blood. I think Duke and Carolina and Kansas are blue bloods. I feel pretty good about that group. I may be missing somebody, but that to me is kind of the royalty of the sport. I think there is a cachet component of blue blood. You have to produce, and these teams have produced recently. Uh, Kentucky, I think, is one we would fight about because it has been a minute for them, but they certainly have the, the cachet. They certainly have the reputation. They're probably on the fringe. It is it's an elusive, it's, it's exclusive a, right, club. A, it's so, not supposed to have so, everybody so in So even it. if you just go Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas. Okay. Who else? UConn. I'm going to keep fighting for UConn. UConn's good. UConn may be great. I don't think UConn's blue blood. You win a title every decade. You're in the mix. Most years. And if that's the case, then that means what? Is Villanova blue blood? More of a new school blue blood. Is that an oxymoron? A little bit. A little bit. All right, 248-539-9797. I'm here to six. I, I, I know, you, you I know. keep yelling at me. I'm, Rico, I'm not trying no, to yell at you. No, no. I might yell at you about this next one. Give I, love a try. <laughs> he's not. I, yeah, David... The little vein in his head at the end of that uh, the, the blitz we did, and I said Green Bay. You just right there, that vein here. That's when you know he's upset. 
was like, yeah. I look at the Packers. Yeah. He just slipped it in. So we, he, had, we had to address it at least briefly. You don't think so? I think they're a good team. I'm not afraid of them. I didn't say you were afraid of them. I, but I do think that, yeah, they won't play the same type of schedule. Like, I think the Lions benefit from the schedule that they didn't have to play, that the Vikings did have to play. Sure. Same thing I think will happen next year is that the Packers will kind of get that Lions type of schedule and the Lions will have that Viking type of schedule. But for the most part, if you handle your business in the division, you're probably winning your division. I know there's extremes, but if you handle your business in the division, you should be just fine. You say, you know, Green Bay, if you don't get a better D-line, they're going to be a problem. I would tell you if the Lions had a healthy offensive line, they would have beat Green Bay on Thanksgiving Day. Turnovers were a big issue. When the line's healthy, this team minimizes turnovers. They didn't have their full offensive line against Green Bay on Thanksgiving, no Jonah Jackson, and they didn't have their full offensive line in San Francisco either. Couldn't Green Bay say we we didn't have Aaron Jones? They could. But we still beat you. They did. Right. I'm telling you, though, when the Lions' offensive line is healthy, they are in a position to take care of business and win the majority of the games they play. They are. Everybody's chasing them. And I'm not going to reset this because Green Bay's got upside. They're still chasing the Lions. He thinks I'm being a homer. I can tell. I don't. I can see it in your eyes. You know what it is? It's called, Jim, I know this is a foreign concept in 2024. I just respect your opinion. That's all. Thank you. I heard what you had to say. Everything's not a fight. Everything's not an argument. Sometimes, you know what? I can respect your opinion. I know. People, that, I'll take it. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean I have to sit here and fight. Like, hey, Jim, one more day, and then you don't have to deal with us anymore. Oh, right, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you don't have to deal with this show. You can go on. And regalness. This is now my morning. Oh, stop. Tomorrow will be an emotional Cookies day. Cookies in the morning. Final day with you guys tomorrow. All right. How about this? Cookies we- and Jansen. <laughs> Coming up next. Heather Park with the news. Here's Heather with the news. Uh, you got J.J. McCarthy hype that may be out of control? I don't know. We'll find out. 97-1. Little, what up, known, little known fact. What up, though, could also mean, hey, how are you? Or are you want to fight? Which one did Isaiah Stewart use? You want to fight? Oh, okay. I, yeah, it's, it's one of those words, man. It's, it's like roll tie. Has multiple meanings. <laughs> <laughs> You remember that ESPN commercial with yep. all the, they were at a funeral. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. Roll Damn Tide. What up, though? Can mean, hey, or it can mean, oh, for real? You got beef? Okay. Like- or you could be that lone Titan fan last night yelling, what up, though? All by yourself. <laughs> that person needs to cause multiple We still meetings. need to hear from them today. <laughs> a local community icon, a hero. All right, let's have this J.J. McCarthy conversation. We touched on it briefly yesterday in a blitz. David had a mock draft. Where is J.J. going? I think he was 12th in that mock draft. Correct. The ringer has a mock out today, has him going 8th to the Atlanta Falcons. I saw an NFL reporter say there is significantly higher interest on J.J. McCarthy than they could have imagined. A source says a team has him as QB2 on their board. I don't know where this is going to get to by draft night, but I have a few questions. One, how high is outrageously high for J.J. McCarthy to go in this draft? And two, is the hype out of control? Outrageously high? I think like J.J. If he went one or two, you'd be like, oh, come on. 
if he went one or two, all of a sudden, I think you're now hitting that, that Baker Mayfield. Like, where did this come from? What do these people know that I don't, that I didn't see? Do you think top 10 is reasonable? No, I don't. You don't? I don't. And that's not to take away. It's just his body. I look at his body of work and the fact that yeah, people are probably, well, he had this game. Yeah, like They won the majority of the games without him. They ran the ball. It was Blake Corn. Really got things done in the dime. But other than that, because of the body of work, I would say probably like 15 to 30, I would see him. See, you see him yeah. as a middle to back end of the first round guy. Yeah. Okay. I see him like in the mix. I, like, person, like I would probably go with Bo Nix. Now, I know David is saying he's anti Bo Nix and he's, they're anti Michael Penix because they're too old. My thing is, I don't care. If I'm a team that's ready to win right now, like you're the Vikings and all you need is a quarterback, I want a guy who's a little older. I want a guy that has been around for a while. Granted, it's college. But, yeah, I, I see J.J. going to a team where, you know what, he could sit and learn for your whole draft and stash. He could sit, learn for a year. You got a quarterback that maybe you don't know what you're going to do with him. Like, this is one where... Had the Lions not taken Hendon Hooker, if you took J.J. and said, okay, we're going to roll the dice and see what we're going to do with the quarterback next year. If not, we'll go younger. I don't know if you're ready, because if you get drafted in the top 10, you're the franchise. You're the quarterback. You don't get to sit. This ain't the Steve McNair year where you get to sit for a couple of years and learn. You're going to be in there by week three or four. You're you're QB1. Teams picking in the first round early that need a quarterback. Chicago one, Washington two, New England three, skip Arizona and the Chargers, Giants at six, Tennessee at seven. You could make an argument. Atlanta at eight, definitely. Minnesota 11, Denver 12, Las Vegas 13. I would argue New Orleans 14 needs a long-term answer, a quarterback. A lot of teams need a quarterback. And we see this every year. Jake Locker probably went went higher than he should have gone, right? Christian Ponder went higher than he should have gone. So what I need people to understand, I think there are, are people listening to this right now going, you are out of your mind that J.J. McCarthy would go as high as people have him going. I'm here to tell you, when teams flip on the tape, they're going to see that he makes throws that NFL quarterbacks make. And some that NFL quarterbacks can't make. They're going to say the ceiling is there. The upside is there. We can make it work. He's got the size. He's got the mobility. He's got the zip on the throws. While we want to see twice as many of them on tape, we think he's capable of making those throws. Rico, it won't surprise me if this guy goes in the top 10. It won't. You don't have to agree with it. Maybe your evaluation's different. But, guys, I think this is going to be a thing where J.J. is going to be thrust into a top 10 pick. If he goes top 10, he's not Q. I don't think he's QB2. No, I think even that sounds a little ridiculous. QB2 means here's your, here's your pick two. Here's your Jim Costa value. Value. According to FanDuel. J.J. McCarthy as the number two overall pick, plus 3,000. So if you really believe that and you think I'm crazy, you go ahead and, yeah, bet it. So I'm curious. We have Michigan fans listening. You watched him very closely for years. Do you think this guy's a top 10 pick? And how high is too high for J.J. McCarthy? Because I don't know that people expected this. 
but it does feel predictable to me. Teams desperately need a quarterback. The skill set is there. They look at him like a project, maybe. I mean, Josh Allen was was a raw prospect coming out of college, right? People go, I don't know, his completion percentage is kind of low. Didn't Buffalo take him in the top 10? Eighth overall, something like that? Yeah, so it was close to yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Atlanta's picking eight. Tell me Atlanta. They miss out on one, two, and three at the position, and they're sitting there at eight. Is it really ridiculous to suggest Atlanta would draft J.J. McCarthy eighth overall? I don't think so. But see, that's why I think Atlanta would go with an, a guy that you saw put up the video game stats like a Bo Nix, who day, night after night, he went out there and he just kept putting up numbers, whereas, as you say, J.J. has throws. He's got moments. He's got quarters. These guys got games to say that we did it for the entire game. That Yeah, that, that was me sitting there at the Heisman ceremony. So, yeah. 248-539-9797. David, as a Michigan football fan, J.J. was seen as a game manager at times. Threw three touchdowns against Alabama in the playoff win, and you saw pro throws. What do you think? I think, I think top 10 is high for him to get selected in, but I won't be surprised to see it because we're already seeing the hype train now, and they haven't done interviews. They haven't done workouts. Nothing's happened yet with teams. And yet there are teams falling in love with the tape that they see. They're going to fall in love with the personality because he's a great dude. He knows how to talk well, speaks well. Like He was a leader. He was a leader. They're going to love that part. So when you start adding that they love the tape already and then will love that, I can see him in the top ten. I just think that's too high. And while I don't know how much you put on this, teams are going to say winner. Now, you and I both know they won with a special defense. See, I don't see that offensive standard line. right now to thing, say they can make that. Some people cite the 26 and 1. I, North Carolina, one it was like, wow. I want to judge the throws he makes, and I think there's enough of those on tape. You want more? Sure. Well, here's but the team, see, I think there will be NFL teams that value the whole winner thing. They're going to say the guy started so many games and, and with 26 and 1. Here's the other thing, and, and you know what? Shame on all of us because – the Lions were good, yeah, and we forgot about guys. What's what's one thing that's that's the constant when it comes to combine and draft talk? Um, Nobody tells you the truth. Everybody sends up smoke signals. You think this is smoke? I no think every year there's guys who all of a sudden rise up, and then when the draft comes along, you're like, I thought you were gonna take him. Well, yeah, I didn't. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Destin Adams is the guy who says some teams view him as QB three, and one has him as QB two. That's the latest report. He's uh, the Colts beat writer, or a Colts beat writer, and just in general, a lot of these mocks have him going up and up and up. I mean, yesterday it was twelve. Today it's eight. The idea that JJ is a top ten pick does that seem right to you? We'll get some thoughts. It's ninety seven one. Talking J.J. McSizzle, J.J. McLaserbeams, whatever nickname we're going with these days. J.J. McCarthy and his draft stock. Some of you might not be ready for this. He's going to be a top 10 pick. This is becoming industry consensus. Mock drafts are just the start of it. Reports from beat writers, reports from insiders. The whispers that the momentum around J.J. McCarthy is real. 
And Rico, this doesn't surprise me. If you watched him play, he has the size, the mobility, and he makes throws that some NFL quarterbacks can't make. Do I wish, from an evaluation standpoint, he had thrown 150 more passes last season? Sure. That he had two years of heavy passing reps? Yes, but he didn't. And I think that's what makes it harder for people to get on board with the fact that he's a top 10 quarterback. But I see it. And I, I my question is, do you guys see it? I mean, I'm talking to Michigan fans. We got a huge portion of Michigan fans listening. Do you feel like your guy is a top 10 pick? 248-539-9797. You know what? I'm going to simplify that. Not a top 10 pick. Let's just stick with the quarterbacks. Okay. Because he's moving up in the ranks. Yeah. Is he one of the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft? <sighs> if he keeps moving up like that, then you're telling me he's he's challenging the Drake Mays of the world. The Jaden Daniels. The Jaden Daniels of the world. Should his name be in there, and we should be talking about the top four quarterbacks mm. instead of just the top three. Big four. Should it be the big four? Is he that guy? Did he leapfrog Bo Nix? And Michael Penix. And Michael it, it, Penix. That part feels, at least at this stage of the draft process, long process. Like he's separating he is ahead of those himself, guys. Right? Yeah. Like, and he is now moving into that upper tier of the top three quarterbacks plus J.J. So yeah. do you feel that J.J. is making this the big four instead of the top three? Two four eight five three nine nine seven nine seven. I, n- I noticed nobody's talking about him going eight to the Falcons, Penix to the Falcons, right. Knicks to the Falcons. It's J.J. Right. So for, G- for me, if you're a GM and you take him, you're gambling. Well, that's true of any of these guys. I, I know, but you want to try to hedge your bets and – Okay, because if you if you take JJ, JJ's gonna feel like a little bit of smartest man in the room syndrome. And that's what gets a lot of GMs fired. Where if you take a guy that everybody just said you have to take and he fails, well you look around and say, Well, who else are we gonna take? You know, that 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 like Bryce Young. Bryce Young was something that everybody said had to go number one. So if Carolina had passed on him. And took taking C.J. Stroud, people would have been roasting this guy. Now, it turned out to be you took the wrong quarterback, at least as of now. But that's what I mean. It's Some picks, they're excusable because you could say, guys, everybody would have taken this guy. And then there are other picks that are smartest man in the room type of picks where I think C.J. Stroud was that guy last year where, really, he had low test scores. And, you know, he, he couldn't beat Michigan, and he couldn't do all of this stuff. And are you really sure you want to take C.J. Stroud? And the Texans said, yeah, we do. And he wins rookie of the year. Smartest man in the room, when you do it right, you're the Texans. When you do it wrong, you're the Niners taking Trey Lance moving up. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And now you got to swallow your pride. And how quickly can we jettison ourselves away from this guy and start over? I mean, my point is teams make these big swings all the time. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. I'm not telling you the guy's going to have a Hall of Fame career or he's going to make some GM look really smart. I'm telling you he will go in the top 10. And the question is, could he be QB3? We're early enough in the process. Sure, he could be QB3. Let's get to Josh. You're on 97-1. 6'3", 220, mobile, has an arm, can make all the throws. Rico, you're killing me, man. It is unbelievable kind of how you're just downgrading J.J. here. And hold, I think on, it's your hold, hold on, Josh. Let me just stop you right there. We're going to have a conversation. Okay. Let's have it. I'm basing it off of what I saw him do and what 
he did at Michigan. I what 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 do you want me to base it off of? So Rico, just look at the and the biggest games. Look at Alabama. Look at these games where he had to show up. Yes, he doesn't throw the ball 30 times a game. He's not going to have the stats. That's given. It's Michigan. We run the ball. But okay, so, 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 them, so, no, no. so why are you saying I'm being biased? Because, because it's Michigan? He doesn't have the no, stats. No, no. Yeah, he doesn't have the stats. But you have to look at his tape and the throws that he makes, how accurate he is, where he places these balls. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Caleb Williams, Penix, these guys are throwing to wide open receivers. These guys are just wide open. It's not hard to make those throws. JJ, the throws that he makes on those outs to the sideline or in the middle of the field, right over a linebacker's heads, right in the hands. You gotta look at that stuff. And that's what that's why he's rising up boards, is because scouts are seeing that. And and they love that stuff. And he has an arm and he's mobile. And he's a great leader. Yeah, they're looking no, at no, traits more than stats. But that's but, Josh. But Josh that's what, what I'm what I'm saying is, I saw all of that, and I, I maybe you missed what I said. I wish I would have seen more of that rather than picks and picking and choosing certain spots where I saw people like Bo Nix doing it nonstop every game, putting up numbers like that. I got Rico, that in bits and pieces from JJ. Hmm? Rico, that was his offense he was in. Those guys are going to naturally make those. Had those plays when JJ needed to step up when Michigan needed him, they counted on him and okay. he made those plays. Okay, let me let me try to summarize both of the conversations you guys are having here. Bo Nix threw forty-five touchdowns this year. JJ didn't throw forty-five touchdowns the last two seasons. If I did my math right on that, yeah, JJ had twenty-two this year, twenty-two last you better year. Stop. No, you're being biased. No, but let me finish. You're being biased. Let me finish because Michigan. These NFL teams aren't counting stats. They're looking for traits. Traits will be more important than stats, and that's why J.J. is a real conversation here. And as I said, I, me, needed to see more of that. I saw it. Yeah. I didn't see it consistently. So it's not bias. I don't see it through the maize and blue glasses where, oh, my God. But if you just extrapolate this and that, or I could just look at what I saw on the field. I could look at a Penn State game where he didn't throw the pass, a pass at all in the second half. But that's Michigan, and that's the offense. Not my problem. I don't care. He didn't throw it. I needed to see more of that. I needed to see more of what I saw in the Rose Bowl, what I saw in the uh, national championship game. If I saw more of that, I would feel comfortable saying, yeah, he belongs in there. But when your own team doesn't ask him to do that, how am I the bad guy? How do you evaluate him? It's part of the question. Scott, you're on 97.1. Hey, how's it going, fellas? What's up? Um, I, don't, I don't understand all this love for J.J. McCarthy. I really don't. I see a guy that hid behind a great run game and a great defense his entire time in college. The guy throws these lame duck passes to the perimeter. He can't hit anybody on the perimeter. He can throw the ball well over the middle of the field. But when it comes to nut cutting time, the guy just can't get it done. I think he's overrated. And if you want to talk about traits, we can go ahead and talk about traits. You know what? Taylor Heineke had some really great traits, but that it doesn't translate to physical tools to get it done on the field. J.J. McCarthy, everybody's all high and mighty on him because they're looking at, at him through these maize and blue glasses. You know what? The guy's a bum, and he's going to wind up struggling in the NFL. He's a backup quarterback at best, period, and bottom line. 
Scott, do you think other GMs are Maize and Blue fans? Absolutely. Okay. I just want to make sure. They all got their degrees from the Ross Business School. No. That's I, why they're no, going to pay. No. I, I think what helps, like, look, when you have – Jim Harbaugh has a voice. And when he says, hey, guys, you may be missing the mark because Jim knows maybe we didn't use him the right way. Don't let my ignorance be biased against him. He just didn't go out and do it. So that leads me, well, if your team didn't ask you to do that, what makes me think you could do it consistently in the NFL? Well, this guy just called him a bum. Okay. He's not a bum. Okay. Jay, and He's Taylor what, Heineke. David, here's what's going to happen. Real call. We just People took it. It happened you can rewind I if you missed him a bum. It. I didn't. No, you that didn't was, call him a bum. That, that, that's listeners. Okay? Don't worry about the listeners, Rico. What Come I'm on. Say, what I'm saying is this. He's not a bum. I just needed to see more. Like, for him... His pro day is going to really tell me what he's going to do. Because if I'm J.J., I'm not throwing at the combine. I'm not doing anything at the combine. I'm riding this. Everybody loving me right now? You can only go down. Wait till your pro day. Go to Ann Arbor. Put up great stats at home, and you'll stay there. You go to the combine, man, you make one little mistake, and you're in trouble. One mistake, and next thing you know, you went from being drafted Fifth to fifteenth to maybe not even in the first round. I'm just happy we had Scott calling because people like Scott are listening and going, I think he's a third rounder. He's a fourth rounder. I'm preparing you. He will go in the top ten. Jake Locker went in the top ten. Josh Allen went in the top ten. These guys were not polished pro prospects. They had upside, they had traits, they had tools. We may be having two different conversations. See, I, I didn't I didn't fit him for a gold jacket. I said, guys, this is going to happen. I'm, I'm not trying to be the first one to tell you. Other people are already bringing it up. JJ to the top 10. And the question about is, is, is he okay? It's the conversation we're having. It's 97-1. Trying to have a conversation about JJ McCarthy. I say trying. We get people calling him a bum. I think he's a bum. I think the evaluation's hard. He didn't trail a lot. He didn't throw a lot. Yeah, you but brought that no up doubt. in the break. Yeah, like, okay, Rico, I, I, I said it to you we put the mics on here how many times was michigan trailing this season to where it's obvious passing situations first second and third down he's got to drop back and reliably hit guys and move the chains and move the sticks not often it wasn't often but here's the thing there were other programs who and i think this is why harbaugh is campaigning for him right now they just said we're going to destroy this team like when michael Penix walked into east lansing we all knew what was going to happen and then when you look at when you look at the highlights that they show, he's in a white jersey. He's coming down a tunnel with the green lights on. That's Spartan Stadium. He's lighting them up. And basically, they said, go out there, do your thing for the first half because this is what NFL teams want to see. We're going to design plays. Michigan didn't do J.J. favors by the type of offense that they ran. Because it was just turn around, hand the ball off. Turn around, hand the ball off. Well, turn Michi around, hand the ball off. Michigan's first priority was to win a national title. No, no, it and, was. And, and, and I, so just, I know you're not blaming them. Their first priority, what is it going to take to win a national title? We got a great defense. We got a run game. JJ will make plays when needed. And he did fairly consistently pop plays that are NFL worthy. I'm just trying to be fair. He's not going to go one or two because... He didn't do them repeatedly, and he didn't do them trailing, and there are some gaps in the evaluation.
But I do believe he's going in the top 10. And that's the question that we asked people today is, do you see it? Do you see him as a top 10 pick? Throw the stats out. Look at the traits. There's enough teams that need a quarterback. Someone's going to take this guy pretty high. 248-539-9797. Let's get to Kyle. You're on 97.1. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, first off, full disclosure, I, I'm a huge Michigan fan. I love J.J., but my gut tells me he's not going to be a good pro. Um, I think he, he's got a lot of upside, but the problem is I see more um, bad Brett Favre comparisons than I do good comparisons. I think, I think I've seen him make a lot of throws, get away with a lot of throws at the college level that he's not going to get away with at the pro level. I think there's a learning curve. I mean, that's obvious. There's a learning curve, but I'll, I'll concede that. Yeah, I think I think there will be challenges that he hasn't seen when he gets to the NFL and how he handles the adversity is still an unknown. No. And Kyle, I hope I, I'm not trying to like couch the opinion. I don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. I'm just telling you, you teams are going to draft it. I'm telling you, teams are going to like what they see when they put the tape on and he's going to go higher than people realize. But how long will the tape be is the question. Yeah, you're right. They click it on. It's two and a half minutes instead of. Like, you know, okay, these are good hour. highlights. Let's see the whole game. Wait. That was he, it. Did he throw the ball in the second half? That was it. So, Kyle, appreciate the phone call. Let's get George's thoughts. George, you're on 97.1. Hello? Hey, what's up, there bud? There he is. Oh, man, you. Like I was saying, I don't know who don't like McCarthy. They don't like football. He is the next Brady. Look at what Brady did when he was at Michigan. He didn't throw a whole lot. He didn't do a lot. Came in at the bottom of the pile. McCarthy is that guy. He got it done in three years. Yeah. What's going on in the background there? Put your seatbelt on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm pulling up at the AutoZone. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we, we want you to be safe, George. Yeah, I just want to make sure you get where I, you need I, to get in one piece. I may disagree with what you're saying, but I need you to call back <laughs> we tomorrow. All, we all kind of looked around like, what's going Is he Is he okay, George? Oh, no, 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 no. No, man. No, no. See, I, me, personally, I believe blue blood. I talked my family into going to Michigan. I talked everybody in my family graduated from the from University of Michigan. I believe blue. I'm a Brady Blair fan through and through. And McCartney is the next Brady. Whoever don't get this man is crazy. George? Hold on. So, George. I'm listening to you. So, so, to so you. You, you thinking that he is the next Tom Brady. You don't think that's putting it up a I little do. high? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I watched his kid. I, I look at his demeanor, his smile, his confidence. He is real. He is real. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this kid got it. He got that it. Look at what the kid I hate down in Kansas City. Can't stand him. My, oh, that Kansas, that Texas kid. I don't even want to say his name. Mahomes. He robbed me out of my Super Bowl. But, um... Oh, Jesus, man, I'm telling you, he got it. George, I'm worried about your blood pressure. Okay, George. I am worried about you. (laughs) He said me too. (laughs) George, I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, my God. (laughs) His smile, you guys. He's the next Brady, and his smile is the difference. That Mahomes, he doesn't smile like J.J. does. His teeth don't glisten. That's the analysis we're looking for. I mean, I'm glad he didn't set the bar high. 
I'm really glad he didn't say, yeah, he didn't say it high. We're, we're like, I he don't know, will man. be the next Tom Brady. Will he go top 10? He'll be the unquestioned greatest of all time. So basically, we are now looking at the guy that's going to usurp Mahomes. Well, Mahomes is no good. It, no, no, he, Mahomes has, but it, give JJ, what, five years, and he'll have four Super Bowls, is what this guy is saying. Give him three years, he'll have four Super Bowls. That's how good he is. Wow. All right. <laughs> I like that. This is incredible. It's 97 1. <laughs> All right, guys. There was talk that maybe, just maybe, Patrick Mahomes is the new GOAT, the greatest of all time. He's going to pass up Tom Brady. Two part question. If he does what I'm about to say, will this make him better than Brady? And that's can the Chiefs win? Three in a row. Never been done in NFL Super Bowl history. You've had teams that have come close. Going back to 60, you had the Packers, Dolphins, Steelers, Steelers, 49ers, Cowboys, Broncos, Patriots. None have gotten that last title to go three in a row. First question, can the Chiefs go three in a row? Can, yes. Odds, odds against them, no. The AFC's loaded. You're going to have... Team in Detroit charging in the NFC. Odds are no, they won't three-peat. Can they? Yes. I don't think they will, and I think it depends on, I know what he said at the parade, but it depends on Chris Jones. It really depends on if they get that deal done early or if it still goes into the training camp. If the Chiefs happen to win three in a row, Mm-hmm. Is Patrick Mahomes now better than Tom Brady? He's already better than Brady. He's not more accomplished than Brady. Because he has now done something that Brady could not do. No quarterback in NFL history was able to do if Mahomes wins three in a row. There will be people that say Mahomes has to win seven. And if he wins a three-peat, he would still be at four. I think just pound for pound, throw for throw, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Three-peat or not. Look, I bleed blue, okay? So I, there's no way that someone's... No, I don't think he's better than Brady now. I don't think he'll ever be better than Brady. Wow. I don't. Ever? What if he wins 10 Super Bowls? Okay, well, I don't think he'll get there. What if he wins point. 50 Super Bowls? He doesn't David. get to seven, so... You don't think he'll get to seven? No. That's a lot. No, I don't think so. Maybe he's six years in, he's got three. Yeah, there's going to be a lull, though. There's going to be a period of his career where he doesn't get to the Super Bowl. You promise? <laughs> Asking for a lot of people who are sick of him. You promise? <laughs> Sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs. Should Steve, the uh, defensive coordinator, should Steve Spagnola just stay as a coordinator and give up ever being a head coach? He is the only four-time coordinator to win, to be on a Super Bowl winning team. Should he just change his Indeed.com page and just say, I am a D.C., and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought he would have had another shot to be a head coach at some point. Hasn't happened. I think he's very comfortable. In a lot of ways, kind of like Ben Johnson in Detroit. You got a good thing going. You're in complete control. You're winning a lot. And unlike Ben Johnson, he's longer in the tooth. Yeah, I think he stays as a D.C. Yeah, it's interesting because there's there's a quote from him earlier in the year saying he would love to be a head coach again. I How think, did nobody interview this guy? I, I I think he's smart to just stay a DC. Just stay a coordinator. You're good. Keep winning. 
Because, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're not cut out to be this, but you know what? You're going to be the highest paid coordinator of all time. Is he the best DC in football? Got to be, right? Four different Super Bowl defenses, yeah. and he's the reason they pivoted well, think about this. in this era of the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. He's the first person they signed. So the Super Bowl was over. He got the first contract. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay, they re-signed him. Yeah, they, they made sure he was there. Now, it's not Kansas City Radio, but the Chiefs are interesting right now. Yep, they're hot. Is Eric B. Enemy going to be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs? He's without Rumors, a job right now. Rumor has it they may be bringing him back. Problem is they already got an OC. Two co-OCs. Can you really have a co-OC? I they do it in college. No, one guy's got to call the plays. Could I see a reunion? See, I, I, see, I think yes. it's just a little too close to home. Is well, because yeah. he left to try to better himself as a head coaching right. candidate. If you come back, you've admitted you're never going to be a head coach. Yes, no, it's almost you inviting. Wait, we moved past him, no, but right? But now you're bringing him back in the house. But isn't that his best fit? He's not going to be a head coach. He's not. So then, be the best position coach you can be on you, you that sure team that? where you have familiarity. You sure, he's not going to be a head coach one day. Because my thinking is, if you're returning, wouldn't it be a package deal and say, look, Andy, two oh, years. Oh, what that? Like the Jerry Mayo thing and, and then uh, mm-hmm. for the Patriots. Where his contract says, you're the next head coach would whenever you, he leaves. Why would you promise him that? They promise it to Mayo, so it's it's possible. It's happened in the NFL before, okay. so I just, it's, you know, and the it's league interesting. Ca- and the league kept it quiet. The league knew about the Jerry Mayo thing, and they said, yeah, okay. Sticking with coordinators. Steve Wilkes, fired. San Francisco coordinator, D.C. This man has just led a hard life. I mean, he's been in situations. He had the third best scoring defense last year, but you lose the game. You were holding Mahomes to 19 points in the, you know, in, 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 regu- in the regular game. You lose in overtime. The Niners fire him. Reason being for me, I don't think he ever really made that his defense, but that's not the question. The question is, who do they replace him with? Because there's some interesting names out there. One, Bill Belichick. Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel. Some experienced head coaches. And Ron Rivera. Okay. If you're the Niners. Some heavy hitters. Do you go with one of the former coaches who just got fired and bring them in knowing it's probably going to be one of those one-and-done type of situations because they just want to be around football? Or do you go younger? The answer is probably you'd take any of them. I don't know that any of them want to take a year as a coordinator rather than just wait and be a head coach. Well, I think ideally, idealistically they're looking at Belichick, but Belichick doesn't fit their system. But he's Bill Belichick, so he's available. It's like, how do you not pick up the phone and call? But from what I'm hearing... Bosa, Vrabel have a relationship that that oh. may be something that wouldn't be that far-fetched. Also, Pete Carroll from that area wants to be in football. He's got nothing to do right now. Two names, just... David, do any of those names make sense to you? No, not to me. A name that makes sense that you did not mention, you talk about relationships, Brand, why not Brandon Staley? He's also on that list. Ran as well. a similar defense. He knows Bosa because he coached his brother. And he doesn't have the head coaching prospects yes. after flaming out. So this is a rehabilitation spot more appealing for him. So I said, you go younger. Yeah. 
So, okay. and Wilkes did get a raw deal, by the way. The only touchdown they gave up in regulation was off the muffed punt or the... the it, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that you gave up a ton of yards. Your three playoff games, you gave up a ton of yards against the Packers, a ton of yards against the Lions, and then you couldn't shut down Mahomes. And I know that's asking a lot with no green law, but that means that you didn't develop a backup. So, yes, I feel sorry for the man. I wouldn't want to sit next to him on a plane during a thunderstorm, Okay. He's just an unlucky guy. Yeah. Didn't he only get one year when he was the coach of the Cardinals? I think, I think so. He, I think he got it one year. Interim, yeah. And then the same thing happened with the Panthers. Yeah. He took over in the middle of the year. They started winning. Okay, we're still going to fire they you. They were fighting for the playoffs. Right. And they said, no, no, thank you. They're going to fire you. All right. Uh, real quick. Did the Seahawks make the right choice? Because today they decided, guys, we're going to go ahead and pay Geno Smith that $12.7 million we're keeping him. We're going to guarantee that money for next year. They're out the quarterback market, or are they? But did the Seahawks make a mistake in keeping Geno Smith? I think they're hedging their bets because they still may draft a quarterback and then they don't have to force that guy out onto the field week one. I think JJ. they're covering their ass. Maybe it is JJ. No, that's not high enough. 16th is their nah, pick. too low. He's slumming at that point. <laughs> Finally, this. On March 17th, Denver has to decide, what do you do with Russell Wilson? Dumpster. I think he's going to be owed $38 million. Expensive dumpster. Do you resign him? Do you trade him? Or do you just really can get him to consider being done? Did I miss him? I thought they were all but guaranteed to cut him. Wasn't that the, the plan, that they're just going to release him? Still, I don't know that there's that, a market. That, that's a lot of dead cap space. You bite the bullet. Like If, if I'm going to pay the money... Why not just keep him on the team and make him a backup? Yeah, but if I'm Russ, let him let him let him rot. Give me my money, cut me, whatever. I get what I get. Let him rot. No, don't trade me and you save. Mo- no, none of that. So you saying just you walk away? Yeah. If you're him, you walk away. Yeah, go somewhere else. San Francisco. <sighs> Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Hey, David. He's thank un- you. No, he's thank you. dangerous. He's unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, you can miss that exit in Pittsburgh. I mean, and they, they got subways in Pittsburgh, right? I guess they, they can do. sell sandwiches. Nathan Weirdly. That's your NFL Blitz 97.1. Real quick, Benny, before you take off and go back and do your real job over on the J side. So you're excited about this game coming out, right? I think anyone born in 80 onward is, right? This is going to be game-changing. It's a huge deal. Because listening to you talk about it, it seems like a lot of work. Like, you got to build teams. You got to go out there and and, <laughs> and do combines and scouting and, and stuff like recruiting. I can't like, yes. wait. NIL will be part of the game. See, like said, when, and this dates me. It was just the players. And mm. you just played with the teams. You did like Mike Wallace, I built this dynasty. I, I took mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan, and we won a national title. It's like, that seems like an awful lot. Like, when do you just play the game? But it's rewarding when you take a school like that, right? You make them one of the toughest places to play. At yeah. Toledo or Central Michigan, I hello. Just, I just like playing the game. Like, it seems like that's the game. Rico. And then after you build it, 
then you go and actually Well, you can still do player. that. You can still just do an exhibition or play someone online, right? But you're right. They have that dynasty mode. Yeah, what's what game-changing is the dynasty mode, the coaching carousel. You get all your buddies in there. You're all trying to build your programs or someone leaves for a better job. I can't wait until it comes back. It just seems really involved. I When I... Second only to being an actual college football coach now. I, I guess that's what it's like for me. Like when I put, it was it was uh, NFL game day was the game that I played in in the nineties when I was in grad school. Can you tell the story that you teased during the crosstalk today? <laughs> so we used to play this game every day. It was me and some buddies of mine, and and we from like eight p.m. to like two three in the morning. We would go. We had to do this old school. We all just met in one place, and we it was round robin. So when you won, you sat on the big couch. When you lost, you got relegated to the little couch. When you were on the little couch, you couldn't speak. You couldn't talk. You couldn't say anything. It was punishment. Don't lose. So if you say something, did the little couch just say something? <laughs> so I got so all of a sudden, one of my one of my friends just got really good, and he used to beat me. Of course, I played with the Niners back then. And I'm like, wait, how are you beating my team? Like, I got the ultimate team. I got Steve Young. I got Rice. I got, you know, Ricky Waters. I got a. I couldn't get past this guy. It was so bad that I became, I became Belichick and Harbaugh before Belichick and Harbaugh. <laughs> I invited him over. Said, hey, why don't you, let's just me and you just hang out. We don't need everybody else. Me and you hang out. Set the VCR up to start recording. Popped in the game, and we started playing. I'm recording the entire game. He's beating me the way he always beats me. He's laughing at me, and I'm taking it. Okay. <laughs> Man, that's a. I wish I could figure that out. Couldn't wait for him to leave. He leaves. I rewind the tape, and I'm studying game film. I'm reading the defenses. Like, that's the defense that this SOB is playing that I can't beat. Next time I played him. Didn't lose to him ever again. He never has figured out why all of a sudden he wow. could not beat me. That's a first for me, Jim. Have you ever heard of someone doing actual film study on a football video game? I picture Rico with the little clicker that the football yeah. coach rewinding each play at the pre-snap no, no, adjustments. The remote control. Yes. It was. I was looking at the position of the players. I'm pulling up like, okay, awesome. what what defense is that? He pulled up like some remote defense that, and I'm and it was killing me. Because I couldn't beat him for like two weeks. So when you ask about the involvement of the new game, I feel like you're projecting a little bit. No. Sounds like it to me. No, no, no. It's not projecting. It was like, okay, I did that one time, but this looks like it takes a lot of time and effort. Even without the film study. To build a team (laughs) and and to scout and recruit. Modern day, Rico's going to be scouring the Twitch feeds of the other players in his league, (laughs) and he's going to be doing deep dives. It'll be great. We'll get you involved. I just hate losing. That's one of the greatest video game stories I've ever heard. So thank you for that. Yeah, just awesome. Good stuff, Beanie. Technology, I, I, I'm, I'm like Harbaugh. I push the boundaries. Minus the spy glasses. You were stallions. Right. Oh, no, you had your own spy glasses. It's called a VCR. Hey, it was my house. You know what he actually saw? He was like, what is that? Is, is your VCR on? I'm like, no, nah, it's broken, man. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that. I can't get that light to go off. Don't worry about it. By the way, we are going to have fun with Deal Breaker coming up at 4.15. Let's knock out a couple more of these J.J. McCarthy calls. We, we're having the conversation because I think he could go in the top 10. I feel like at this point, there's enough hype 
the traits are going to be there when teams pop on the tape, and there's enough teams that need a quarterback. This is not me telling you he is going to be a great quarterback. I do think he will go in the top 10. Rico and I have had a good conversation about how do you evaluate a guy who didn't throw the ball as much as his contemporaries, so who difficult. wasn't trailing in games. Not his fault, but wasn't trailing right. in as many games. And you can check that stress, and how does he handle it? I mean, because I think really only like the MSU game was the only game that they said, okay, JJ, just go out there, light it up. And he did. And he did. I mean, you maybe you needed, to high school, but he did it. Right, but you needed to see that more. Like, just go light it up and, and get your stats and get your ESPN highlights. They're going to be showing when you get drafted. I needed to see more of that. Okay, Tony, you got thoughts? You're on 97.1. Tony. Tony. Here you go. All right. you hear me? Oh, there oh, you go. Oh, oh, oh at the last Back second. from the dead. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to disagree with Rico. I thought I think he's based too much on just that. I think uh Tony, you go hold on, hold on. Tony, you got us on a speaker. You're or kinda something? muffled. You sound muffled. Yeah. Okay, hold on one second. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah, I, That's yeah, way I, better. I, yeah, I want to hear you coming after me. Good. Okay, good and clear. Let's go. I mean I mean Rico, just going by what you're saying, you're basing a lot of things on stats when really I think the scouts and stuff, they base it on potential. And potentially he is a top, a first-round draft choice quarterback. I think he he checks all the the boxes. It's no. not his fault that their offense. And Tony, Tony, you're you're correct in that it is based off of potential. But when you have stats to back up the potential, it makes it a stronger risk that you're taking. When you don't have agree. that, now it's a little riskier because it's like, mm -hmm. trust me. He really is good. You just didn't see it. So I think a couple critiques would be he is, while tall enough to play the position, he's not Kyler Murray, 6'3", right. a little thin, right? And if you're going to run him more, Michigan was hesitant to do so, that becomes a risk. Getting to the second and the third read consistently in the drop back game, again, not his fault. Michigan was a well-oiled machine. But those are risks that I would be taking if I drafted him. It's why he's not going one or two. But then does he end up in that next block of QBs where a team like Atlanta at eight says, what the hell? We got an infrastructure. We got playmakers in an offensive line. A team like Minnesota at 11, Denver at 12, because here's Vegas what, because at 13. Speaking of Atlanta, because, and I know Michigan fans are going to get angry, but I don't, you know, Desmond Ritter had all the numbers. He did all the stuff. Big winner at Cincinnati. He, you know, he had the arm. He was elusive. He could make the NFL throws. Until he got to the NFL. Different game. So, Well, you notice, I have not made promises about what he's going to do once he's drafted. You have him in a gold jacket. You have him winning, what, seven Super Bowls? Well, we had a guy earlier say he's better than Brady or the next Brady. The next. No, he's better than Brady. Yeah. Nick, you're on 97-1. Uh, hey, Cookies. Hey, hey, Rico. What's going on? Hey, Nick. Uh, well, so... You know, I'll put, I'm going to put my, like, Michigan, because I don't like Michigan, but I'm going to put my Michigan hate for side for, like, one second, because I think this is an interesting conversation. In the beginning, I was sort of like, when people were talking about J.J. going into the first round, I'm like, are you out of your effing mind? <laughs> but the more I think about it, you know, I think he's, like, this year's, remember how, like, Anthony Richardson last yep. year we were talking yeah. about? Or Trey Lance before hey, that. I can throw the ball really far, but, oh, look at his completion percentage. Ugh, I don't know. Yep. And he went through the combine. He's like this year's version of Anthony Richardson. Nick, you know, thank you so good. much. That was the name I've been trying to think of. It was Anthony Richardson. Thank you. But 
I think the key is if you want to get the most out of him, like what, what's what's uh, what's Atlanta's offensive line situation like? Is it good or is it like I, I can't like so like you put him behind an offensive line that's good, give him time to throw the ball. He he could develop into something. It's not a guarantee, but you know he can run. He's mobile. I think I, one thing I gotta say is that one guy who said. He's like the next Brady is absurd because, first of all, I mean, Tom Brady didn't have any of the intangibles that, you know, that J.J. has. He couldn't run, you know. You mean tangibles. You in the pocket, gets tangibles. knocked down easily. Yeah. He didn't have the arm, but he could read defenses very well, which is something that I'm not sure J.J. can do. So comparing him to Tom Brady's like absurd. That's, that's all I'll say on that subject. Well, he was able to connect the, uh, the only two dots there. Both played at Michigan, and he ran with it. George, for people who missed him in the last hour. Go back. George was a character. <laughs> yeah. Odyssey Rewind. Yeah. Um, the tangibles that, that McCarthy has, not intangibles, the tangibles, the, the things you can measure J.J. has that, you know, Tom Brady didn't. It's why Brady went in the sixth round. But, like, think about it. If you're talking about how raw J.J. McCarthy is, Trey Lance went third overall, and the dude had only played, like, one year of FCS football and still went third overall. So, Remember that there will be four or five teams that need a QB in the front half of that first round that may trade up or may say, you know what? We think the skill is there. We'll roll the dice. Right. It is potential. That's all it but is. But when you don't have a lot of data to back up your potential, it becomes a riskier pick. You're going to have to really go in there and sell the GM and the owner and say, I know he. we don't have as much tape because when you pop in the tape, it won't be as long as Bo Nix. It won't be as long as Michael Penix. But you got to say, trust me on this, this will work. From one quarterback to the next, 5 o'clock, Jared Goff contract extension. What would it look like? We've got some numbers, some experts weigh in. That's top of the five. Deal breaker next, 97-1. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done one of these in a while. I'm excited. Uh, what do we it's got? The, it's the well, music. This week, I'm doing an all co-worker edition. I like this. These are all scenarios about your co-workers, who I know you all love. Dearly. Here we go. <laughs> all right. First one here. Every time you pass a co-worker of yours in the hallway at work, he reeks of weed. You would hate to see the guy get fired, but it's really embarrassing for you to confront him on it. Is there another way to handle this? What can you do? Roberto, this is definitely from here. It's oh. 100% from <laughs> I don't here. know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Evan eats the gummies. It's not him. No, he's actually very... Uh, you wouldn't know it. Yeah, he's real methodical about yeah. this. Stuff. I'm, I'm not talking about him, by the way. I know, I know. <laughs> actually, no, 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 I don't know what you're saying. The question is, how do we handle it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, you know... Can you confront that? You just leave it alone, or what? I mean, if I'm not close to them at all, I leave it alone. Let them fend for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna bury themselves. Just yeah. let them do it. It's not my problem. Right? If you're that close, you're like, yeah, you can put all the cologne on. I still smell now, weed. On. Is it just being that you don't? A, you don't care. B, is it an act of defiance? Or or no, C, is it just stupidity? Who the person or yeah, you? The person. No, no, I think the person probably thinks like al people who drink a lot of alcohol and think, oh, I'll just use the mouthwash and, and chew gum <laughs> oh, and, no. and no one will know that I just downed a fifth of vodka. <laughs> it's a tolerance thing. My brother, not a surprise. Yeah. 
This is something he does. Yeah. I, I invited him out to town one time. He walked in the restaurant. Everybody knew he walked into the restaurant. <laughs> what do you do oh, at man. that point? You can't pull him I, aside at that point. I think you stop smelling it after a while if yes. you're the partaker. Right. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. He's not intentionally doing that. Yeah. And you say, hey, brother, going to be around my girlfriend's folks. How about we go on a 12-hour, you don't smoke anything, until the evening is over. <laughs> and you can have all you want. Right. I'll pay for it. See, I guess I'm just a horrible human being. Because I'm going to walk by that coworker and say, wow, you had a great lunch period, huh? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you had lettuce for lunch. <laughs> so you say you're a bad person. You're actually probably doing them a favor compared to us. Maybe. Or just making them in their head think, oh, man, I thought I got rid of that. You realize you're not fooling anybody. You reek of marijuana. <laughs> I just, I mean, insane. why be around the bush? Yeah, I mean. You stink. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like the person, like, uh, no, I'm chewing gum. Yeah, you also had a whole lot to drink. We smell it. It's coming out your pores. <laughs> your pores, yeah, that's right, like, like garlic. All right, here's another one for you. You constantly overhear a male coworker asking a female coworker out for dinner and drinks. She always says no, and the excuses she gives are starting to get ridiculous. Should you get involved and help this woman out, or is it better to just mind your business? I say, Roberto, you got to be better than that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know. She's not interested. Yeah, when I hear I'm I'm busy all this month, that's not really a good so, sign. So you're gonna jump in and say what? Hey, buddy, take a hit. Yeah, do you say something to him, yeah, or, say to or, him. or do you try to like? She's doing the best. She's fending for her life at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, I how many times I gotta tell you no without telling you no? I think it's the guy you gotta pull aside and say, hey, guy, <laughs> this, this isn't gonna happen in your lifetime or the next. Yeah, I've seen this happen where a coworker constantly is going over to the female employee and eventually the female employee says something to me saying you know you gotta you gotta get him away from me and so i said something to the guy that's the one that gave the co-worker flowers right no it was, was that, a different oh, it was a different okay. situation it wasn't that but we did tell that individual <laughs> you gotta let it go she's right. not interested yes i mean i just wish that i or any of us would know you know that we're not subconsciously would do something like that but you trying just, to confess something right now? <laughs> it, it does. It, it got awkward. It did. You felt it too. It did. It, it got really awkward. Like Where last we going week, here? Like, last I week, any of us was doing that. Last week it was dark. This time it's just awkward. Like uh, here's the deal. I'm probably not trying to get involved with other people's relationships or what they have. But if the person says, "Hey, can you help me get this guy away?" Correct. This is once again. Hey. Leave her alone, man. That's it. She's just not into you, and you're making a fool of yourself. <laughs> Move it along. Stop trying to make small talk. She doesn't okay? want to talk to you. Next, or you'll end up in HR. Let it go. Uh, that would be awesome to see that. I've Yeah, unfortunately, I've had this conversation with somebody. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> and no, it wasn't Roberto. No, no it was, I never. It was like, bro, come on. It's no is tattooed on her forehead. I'm scared of my own shadow. Stevie Wonder can see this. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. You're on a business trip 
meeting with potential clients. Your coworker gets overserved during lunch and can't make it to the client dinner. You step in, present his proposal, and pay for the dinner. The deal closes, and your boss sends out an attaboy email. However, you are not mentioned in it at all. Is your boss protecting your drunk coworker, or did he not even tell anyone that you were the one that actually made it happen? What do you? How do you handle it? Who do you confront? Can you not just go to your boss and be like, "Hey, this is this is how it went down. I don't know what you were, what your intentions were, but." So you don't want to be a team player. Because if you go to the boss, you're throwing him <laughs> under the bus. Which how, you, how you well are well within like your right to do. How well do I like this coworker? Because if like he's him. just some schmuck that I, that I don't really care. Well, you you, you know? like him enough that you picked up the slack and got the job right, done. Right. That was to cover my ass. That wasn't for him. I had to close a deal. If I don't like him that much, he's going under the bus. The email's already gone out, too. What's the boss going to do? Resend an email? Well, actually, uh, Kenny did a great job on that as well. No, I just want him to know that I was, you know, doing something there and I wasn't mentioned <laughs> because he doesn't think I did anything. Right. You weren't the drunk one for once. All right. You know, here's the thing. Maybe it's... I, I feel like I'm the only one that just likes to be direct. I'm going to go to the person who was drunk. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to walk in the office or cubicle and say, you know what you need to do. Doggone well. What happened? And what you're going to do You about. didn't do. So, either one of two options. You're going to go walk into the boss's office and say what really happened, or we are going to go into the boss's <laughs> office and say what really happened. <laughs> it's on you. Yeah, I don't wow. need to go to the boss first. I need to confront them. Because I need to make sure either... Did they tell the boss? Did yeah. they tell the boss? Be a big and the boss ignored right. it. Maybe you're going to get a promotion and they're hiding and you know they're just not telling. No, you here's the thing: because he may, he or she may be the boss's favorite, so the boss just assume, oh well, you know, Cookies got it done. No, Cookies was drunk on his ass. <laughs> I'm the one who got it done. So if we're giving out drop. credit, I want the credit. <laughs> All right, let me give you one more real quick. So this actually happened. Kenny gave me this one today because this actually happened to Kenny earlier. You've been very busy lately and are running behind on watching a few of your favorite TV shows. Your coworkers have no regard for your situation <laughs> and are constantly spoiling your new episodes. You're unable to leave the room where this is being discussed. <laughs> Roberto and Evan, in the middle of a segment, we're talking about the new Curb episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've been diligently avoiding information about it because I want no, I want to find out when I watch. But the why episode. are you not watching it? That's not my problem. I'm watching hockey. I got things that I'm doing at night. I was gonna save it for the weekend and then watch it over the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, David. Yeah, I think I have an unpopular opinion on this, which is. It's not everybody else's fault that you're not Agreed. caught up. Agreed. Now, if, if you have said something to them... I have. Okay, now, Roberto, it's your fault. I tried to have your back. Well, he was very angry about it. Well, especially <laughs> if he can't move. Like, right, he's, stuck right. he's stuck there. <laughs> he has so to be listening to the show so, and I have to be screaming no, 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 the So here's the thing. You probably have, like, a two-week window. After that, I can't just sit here and just protect you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say something if his show just came out a couple days ago. I'm one episode behind. It came out last yeah, weekend. And then, like, with me and Evan, I have no regard. So we're just sitting. And then he did this. And did you see when the guy did there that? There was a huge plot hole. <laughs> Kenny, how long do they have to wait for you? 
I'll be done by the end of this weekend. They can, right. we can and then you'll be, a week, you'll be a week behind again. No, I won't be. You're going to watch both. I'll watch both, just for this. Okay. Just for this. Yeah. Come on. Get it together. <laughs> get your life in order, Dash Roberto. Right. And that is Deal Breaker. 97-1. 97-1. You got J.J. in the Hall of Fame, yes. David took a text. J.J. equals the next Marcus Mariota. Agree with that one? He's drafted high. No promise that he'll be a great pro. I mean, the hit rate for quarterbacks is not great. Yeah. I mean, we like to think, oh, this guy's a can't, a lot of can't miss guys are out the league or their backup quarterbacks from the Sam Darnolds of the world. Like the Baker Mayfields is struggling. Maybe he found his fit. Jared Goff found he had to leave and resurrected his career. Well, And let's make that point. The situation that you're drafted into matters. The supporting cast matters. Unless you're an alien and you're Patrick Mahomes and you can just lose Tyreek Hill and have your offensive line go through, most guys are going to have their careers shaped by who drafts them. Right. That's why even even Mahomes with Andy Reid, that helped him too. Right, but uh, he's going to be the next Tom Brady. I'll take that bet that he's not, and it's not because where he went to school. It's just it's hard to do <laughs> the, that lofty goal, but just quarterbacks, man. If if three quarterbacks that go in the first round hit, that's a successful draft. Yep. Think about what I'm saying. Three. How many do you think we could have in the first round this year? Way too early, still February, pre-combine. I think you could probably get five. Five. Five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Caleb Williams, no order, I don't want to fight. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, Knicks and Penix would be six. See, I would say Bo Knicks. I think Penix is... That's your guy, though. Injuries. See, I can be fair. Okay. People just think... He's, he's had a lot of injuries, so he's damaged goods. He's one where he's Hendon Hooker, except for he actually played last year. We could take him in the second round if it works out. You know, we don't have to pay him as much, and his contract will be up sooner. We'll see what happens. That, that That's Michael Penix because, yeah, every year except for last year, he's been injured. So that, that's going to be a red flag for him. So I think five. I mean, think about it. Last year at this time, Bryce Young, number one quarterback. If you had to redo it, yep. would he even be number two? No. Right. So the whole, you know, this guy's can't miss, uh, we miss all the time. All the time. David, anything else on the ticket text? Oh, yeah. People that stink of weed disgust me. If at work, I want them fired now. Wow. Even Auburn Hills. Zero tolerance policy. Another one texts in and says, 10-year smoker here. I stopped smelling it after year three. Please let us know. Yeah, it's rather than beat around the... You stink. It's not that hard. It's there, not personal. It is a nose blind. Have you ever walked past a house? You're like, how do I smell it? How do I smell it from the street? I'm walking on the street. How do I smell this? Bro. It's a nose blind thing. <laughs> Yeah, Davis is collecting everything right now. I remember my days at Fox, too, and probably the most putrid smell ever was a house. And I remember 
It was one of your people. It was a cat lady. Say, who are my people? It was a cat lady. <laughs> I'm a cat lady now? But all of a sudden, but she died, and the cats kept breeding. So they took over the house. They took over the house, and it was like hazmat. Because I remember, I was like, guys, where's the address? I was like, don't worry. You'll know it when you smell it. So they, like, literally rolled down windows like, whoa. And as this, it, yeah, and then you see, like, guys out there in the hazmat ET suits. Yeah. That's, I can't even describe how bad it was. I feel like she's giving cat owners a bad name. But it's no, not. no, no. It, it, but it started off, she had a few cats, and then she got sick. Yeah, yeah. Got out of hand. Them, yeah. And it was cats in the wall. Oh, man. Okay. That's All right. Off now. Yeah, because I was like, can I go in and get some video? And the guy would laugh. He was like, as long as you can stay in the house, keep shooting. Rico shows up in a hazmat suit. <laughs> Held my breath. With that camera in his head. Yeah, like he's sticking over the shoulder. No, nah, the camera was out. It was 30 seconds. I stuck it in the <laughs> door and just did the pan. <laughs> slow, that, slow it down if you need to. But whatever I get is what I get. And that's what it was. David? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I can't even, and it was a hot summer day, too. Yeah. Literally anything else on the ticket text, please. Yes, uh, top 10 for McSizzle. I'm not even convinced he should be a first-round pick. Sign Trey Daniel Lance and Jake Locker. Lance. I'm just saying. Trey Lance, Jake Locker, we do this every if, if, year. If five of the quarterbacks go in this draft, if two hit, it's, it's successful. Like, you forget about Bryce Young because you're going to remember this as the C.J. Stroud draft. When you look back in history, like, oh, Carolina could have had him. And I'm telling you, if you don't go one, two, or three, that's not the worst thing in the world. If you end up in Atlanta where they got a good line, a run game, a couple go-to red zone targets, that's not the worst thing in the world here. You said it. Where was Mahomes drafted? Andy Reid, Kansas City. There you go. Certainly helps. I mean, Josh Allen, he got drafted by Buffalo. It was, it was Mahomes, eight. That was 10, I believe. He was double digits. Yeah. I think it would have been 15. I don't know. Wow. And Josh was Allen it, was I seven. remember he was a system quarterback. That was the knock on him. Yeah, Texas Tech. Nobody around plays. The yard. Yeah, nobody yep. does like Texas Tech does. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Josh Allen, he's a project. He's drafted seventh overall. They don't get him Stephon Diggs until, I think, year three. And then things started to... Turn around for him. Yeah, it, it's funny, but yeah, Trey Lance, we're gonna move up this guy. He, and 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 that's what I guess I, I'm not saying that JJ's like Trey Lance, but it was such a small body of work. Yeah, he was Lance more extreme. Right, he was extreme where he played literally in one or two games, but you had to extrapolate. Well, this is what he can do. Yeah, it's like yeah, but I would like to see him actually do it. Well, you didn't get that. Got to take this chance. Take it or leave it. All right, you've seen enough of Jared Goff. Real conversations are going to take place. What does a contract extension look like for Jared Goff? The latest from Dave Burkett in the Free Press. We've got numbers. It's 97-1. Please tell me you guys saw that. The one-man court storming. <laughs> it was on ESPN just now. Incredible. One man for one win. Real fan. UDM. On the board. He deserves whatever he wants. Season tickets for life. Season tickets for life. He gets to hang out with Cookie Moore, Cookie Monster, whatever. He's the man. He gets his own city edition jersey with just him 
a silhouette like the Jordan silhouette, silhouette of him on the court with both hands up. He steps bravely by himself onto the court, realizes it's just me. But he didn't stop. But he owned it. He kept walking. He put his arms in the air, and he basked in a Detroit Mercy Titan victory. You know what? Detroit, if you're listening, seriously, you should put an outline of that. that, that should make that your logo next year on the jersey. Kind of like the Jordan brand. Put him with his arms up. Iconic. I like that. He deserves his love. He does. I think the news station's trying to grab him. We'd love to get him on the air. Probably didn't realize how famous he was. Like, really? I didn't know people were even watching this game. <laughs> yes, son, you're famous. Some of us had bet on that game and were watching it. Some of us are calling it the finest hour in the history of Cash the Ticket. Some Betting us, on an 0 and 26 team and winning. Some of us are questioning, you know, there's an 800 number. Only if you these. lose. <laughs> or if, okay. All right. Probably not the advice. All right, 248-539-9797. On to the story of the day. I don't think the tagline is only if you lose the gambling hotline. Um, Jerry Goff, time to get paid. And everybody wants to know, well, what's the damage going to be? Boomer Esiason gave a number to Dave Burkett of the Free Press. Can I guess? It's a big number. I still say four at $200 million. Yep, four years, $200 million. I got it? Yep. Takes him through age 34. It would put him in the top five slash six quarterbacks in the NFL because Mahomes' deal is getting redone. Lions fans have to be okay with this. And not that you have to be okay with this. You have to be okay with knowing he's going to get that. Here's the problem. When you're cheap, you can get away with a lot of stuff. When you're expensive, you expect more. You go to an expensive restaurant, you expect everything to be right. When it's a cheap restaurant, uh, you know what? Silverware is dirty. Can you bring me some, you know, you, you put up with some stuff. Water spots in the silverware, no big yeah. deal. Fancy restaurant, it's got to be folded napkins and everything. You don't want to be sitting next to the guy that smells like weed, okay? <laughs> you want fancy. When he makes this money, he's still your quarterback. Guess what? When he makes signs that deal for $200 million, He's not going to get any faster. He's not going to get more elusive. Okay? That's not going to happen. And I, I I need Lions fans to to be okay with that. He ain't all of a sudden going to turn into Michael Vick because he signed a $200 million deal. It's a fair point. The question to Lions fans, how do you feel about these numbers? I actually think this might be light. When Matthew Stafford was here, he wasn't the best quarterback in football. When he got paid, he didn't get paid like a top five or six quarterback. He got paid the most. Mm-hmm. Goff is next. He won you not one, but two playoff games. It wasn't his fault in the NFC title game. If you told me it's 50 million five zero on the dot, four years, sign it today. Because I actually think that's going to look better and better as the years go on. This is one where, you know what? Brad Holmes and, their, and the Lions management, they gambled and they lost. So they should be calling the numbers because they didn't win. Because you should have locked them up last year right after Daniel Jones. Take a chance. You would have been paying $60 million less. And you probably could have got them like a three-year, you know, three-year type of deal. Okay, you're not wrong. But I was the guy who felt the same way apparently the Brad Holmes felt. He wanted to see it. 
in the playoffs. It's wanted, a, no, no, and, a gamble. And, and I called it a certainty tax. You are going to pay more today than you would have a year ago. It's the certainty because you saw what he did in the playoffs and you feel more comfortable paying him. Now, this goes with some stipulations. You got to keep him upright. You have to continue to invest in the offensive line. If you pay golf but lose one or two guards and Taylor Decker's only got one year left on his deal, you don't reinforce that position. The deal will look bad. When he gets pressured, he fails. If you keep him upright, keep him healthy, this contract won't be a big deal. If your GM's as good as we think he is, you'll keep the roster stocked, and he will be in a position to win year after year after year. But as you hear those numbers, Lions fans, four years, $200 million, Boomer Esiason's best guess, Dave Burkett wrote an article in the Free Press, you cool with it. 248 because I have a I have plan B. I don't think that the Lions will do this. Or golf Lions may think about it. Golf probably won't. I take a chance and I gamble again. I go the Kirk Cousins route, not bringing Cousins in. You tag him. I start tagging him. But you end up paying him the average of the top five at the position That's anyway. Okay. It's okay because this is one of those. If you feel like he's your guy long term then you do that deal for four years. Mm -hmm. But there was hesitation last year. You didn't sign him long-term. Right. If you still have the same hesitation, minimize your losses. You tag him for a year or two, and then all of a sudden we find out, and look, you find out that this last season's miracle run was an anomaly. And really, he wasn't that good. You're not on the hook. You're on the, only on the hook for maybe another year or two. You can jettison him, go start over. You're not locked into a quarterback that you now have to try to move or you have to play, pay him because you're making too much. Yes, it is a gamble. He's going to make a lot of money in a year, but it's a one-year deal. And you just keep going. and Because uh, it's obviously you don't feel comfortable enough. If you do, sign him. It's going to be $200 million. That's your guy. Hendon Hooker. He's going to be a backup, but you all know what's going to happen. The second golf, the the your two hundred million dollar quarterback is out here through two picks. Why don't we just put Hendon Hooker in the game? Once you sign in for two hundred million dollars, fans are going to lose it. Fans will not look at him the same way. His mistakes get magnified. He deserves a pay raise. He does. Yeah, he absolutely does. And the number to me feels reasonable. Now, you got to answer that question as a Lions fan, but just understand, the cap is going to go up every year. The sooner you lock him in, the better. If you go top five of the salaries after next year, it's a bigger number. Right. You tag him a second time, it's an even bigger okay, number. Okay, but your two years, let's just say your two years, $110 million or $200 million. If at the end of the two years, you're like, yeah, we're going to move on, that's $90 million you're not locked into. Do you factor in at all goodwill or the opposite of goodwill if you don't get a deal done and you walk him to the edge of the plank and say, we're not extending you, prove it again? Do you worry at all about ill will or bad will or it's what it business, says? Man, this is a business. Ask Steve Wilkes. It's a business. You can go out there and do your job. If, you're, if we can't afford you or we see a better option, yeah, you'll get a gold watch and a kick out the door. Yeah. So the goodwill thing only works when it works for the team. Because when the team is done with you, you're done. 
I'm with you. Business. The business decision is to pay the guy who continues to play the position at a high level. And That's I, why I'm not a big fan of it. Well, we'll get the hometown discount. I would never give the I, hometown I, This discount. is my stance for my teams and just generally as a sports fan. Hometown discounts are lovely. I never expect a guy to take a hometown discount. You get maybe one big contract in your professional sports career. If you're lucky, you get two or right. three, but some guys only get one. The idea that you should take less. My you, hometown you, you discount. Don't, you, don't, you don't have a 30-year career. You're going to have a shorter career. You cash in while the getting's good. I never expect a hometown discount. My hometown discount is the uh, Bobby Bonilla, Shohei Otani type. Oh, restructures. Okay, and you know games. what? I'll take this a little bit, but I'm getting paid for the rest of my life. Because you're going to pay me once I'm done playing this game. Give me one of those deals. All right, well, we can do this. But other than that, no, I'm not taking less. for. No, that's not going to happen. I was critical of Goff. He showed me a lot this season. I would be curious if there are people still on the fence who don't feel comfortable with this. But he showed me a lot. He stepped up in their first playoff game against the Rams, and they didn't have a run game in the second half. He hit the big throws to ice the game. He hit the fourth and one in a game where red zone became so important. Every point mattered. They only won by one. He hit the big throw on a fourth down to Laporta to give him a touchdown. In the second playoff game, their offense hit some lulls in that game. He delivered two touchdowns. He hit the big throws on the third downs. In their uh, San Francisco game, how many third and longs in that first half did he convert? I think it was like five of them. And it's not his fault that Gibbs fumbled. It's not his fault that that Vildor had a ball bounce off his face mask. The Josh Reynolds dropped a fourth down and then a third down later in that second half. He's not the reason this team missed out on playing in the Super Bowl. And I feel like if you have a quarterback who you think can get you to the Super Bowl and you can lock him up and keep his offensive line locked up and make some runs at this, absolutely get it done, get a deal done. And these numbers make sense to me. 248-539-9797. Four years, $200 million. Jared Goff extension, 97-1. One of the biggest stories of the Lions offseason, Jared Goff. He's going to get paid. How much is it going to cost? Free Press got a story. Quotes from Boomer Esiason. He says, what's the alternative? Of course you got to pay him. And he threw out what he thought was a reasonable starting point. Four years, $200 million. Nice round numbers. $50 million a season. I don't know how much of it would be guaranteed. But I looked at that number and thought, yeah, that checks out. Actually, it may end up being on the lighter side. I mean, when Stafford was here, he got paid as the top quarterback in football, despite the fact that nobody ever thought he was QB1. Jared Goff's next. Could he reset the market? Maybe. 50 to me sounds fair. 50 a season. Now, Rico's point is, when you pay a guy, more will be expected. Mm -hmm. Okay. More will be expected. and I don't... It's going to sound great until he has that first bad game. And then Goff haters are going to say, we overpaid and we're stuck with this guy. That, that's just how I see it. I mean, that's what it was for Stafford. When Stafford got that money, things changed. We haven't even won a playoff game, and he's the top see, paid that's the quarterback. Difference. Golf already has. No, no, but for $200 million, here's the thing. Going rate. When you, I know it's the going rate, but when you start making that much money, you know who you get compared to? Mahomes, Josh Allen. Okay, the quarterbacks who are in the $50 million club are all guys that got signed Last year, because it's mm-hmm. always next up right. gets the next most. The guys in that $50 million a year club, Joe Burrow. Went to a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts. Went to a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, two-time MVP. Two-time, yeah. Justin Herbert, 
Okay. Upside, whatever. AFC golf. And and that's it. Now, Mahomes, in reading in the free press, his deal is getting restructured. It's going to be 210 over the next four seasons, so he's over. Let's yeah. just say he's going to be in, in there. there, too. So, basically, with this, it, it does become Super Bowl or bust. You pay him this money, a first-round loss, unacceptable. Yep. Because but, that's, but that's fine, because I'm already holding the team to that anyway. I think it's consistent with how I view the team that they would be held to the standard of win the Super Bowl or it's a disappointment. Jared Goff, as the quarterback of the team, is going to be held to that same standard. The debate around paying Goff always centered around, well, if you pay him, does it mean you can't field a good enough team around him? And it's why I said earlier this week with you, my number one priority for the offseason is making sure this offensive line is solidified. That might mean paying Jonah Jackson and Graham Glasgow or replacing one of them with either a high draft pick or a priority free agent. If the line's strong, Goff will be strong. The team is capable of getting back and winning a Super Bowl. Goff, without an offensive line, Rico, we may be doing more bitching about his contract because if he's not protected, Mm -hmm. he's going to turn the ball over. His mobility is going to become a real talking point, and we're going to be staring at that price tag, yelling and screaming. But if if Brad Holmes keeps a good O-line, Jared Goff at that salary, you're going to win. Yeah. David, guys, what are the, uh, I was ahead. about to say, guys, are you okay with this? 248-539-9797, or maybe you just don't care. Go ahead, David. It's the NFL. Pay the QB whatever we need to have him here. Uh, someone else says, wouldn't you argue that Goff is a top six QB in the NFL? If so, he should be paid that. In homes, we trust. I think it's his turn at musical chairs. Because we did the topic earlier this week where Las Vegas was like, yeah, he's probably top 14. He's not top six. I think he's top 10. And am I comfortable paying him top six when he's next up? Sure, close enough. Close enough. Wait two or three years. He'll end up right around where he should be anyway. How many losses does Jared Goff have against Mahomes? Pay that man. 2-0? and 2-0 against him? Says you all went over the list of who's at 50 and what they've done. Well, Jared Goff has made a Super Bowl. Like Hertz and like Burrow. Didn't do it for you, though. Okay, but I think he fits in. I, mean, I don't think he's as good as Joe Burrow, but if we're getting into the semantics of this, like he will be paid like Joe Burrow. He will get paid like Jalen Hurts. It's going to happen like in the next, what, 60 days? No, no, right. I'm just saying he didn't do it for you, but I. I okay, fine. I'm not going to argue. But, but, I, but I take the comments from Andrew Whitworth, who's also in, uh, quoted in that article. He played with Jared Goff in L.A., and he saw how the decline was, and he said, look, he wasn't able to adjust to the changes that teams were giving him. He saw him adjusting to that in the last few years. So he's that getting older. better, according to Andrew Whitworth. Pay that man, that right? Older guy, right? You're going to have to pay him. Now, the thing is, for the Lions, if you really believe in him, you go ahead and you pay the four years $200 million because it's going to look cheap one time. Or you start franchising him and you just it's where you, lo- him, it's you where put you him on me. layaway. It's, it's where you lose me. Why? Be- be- Not to geek out with the numbers. Once you tag him, you're basically giving him this extension anyway, only it's going to go up every single year that you do it. But you don't. Ha- you're not on the hook for him for four years. It's only a, okay. It's four years. It's not. Or you split it in half and say, you know what, we're going to do this for two years. It, you gambled this year and you lost. You could have, but as you said, you paid the tax. 
You can double down and say we're going to gamble again for the next two years, and if we're wrong again, it's not our money. We'll just have to pay it. And you become Cousins. Cousins gambled on himself and hit the jackpot at the time. Yeah. He got two years fully, of franchise. Yep. And then fully guaranteed. And then he got fully guaranteed. Or you could do two years, and it doesn't work out. And he's and you want to move on, and you're not locked into him. Paul in Oxford. Paul, what's up? Hey, guys. You know, I was as I was listening, I, could, I agree with Rico where um, that first bad game, the press is going to be on him. The golf haters are going to be screaming. Um, I really like golf, but my fear at that point is, is is his skin going to be thick enough to handle what he's hearing? And my fear is it's going to affect his play. Okay, two different conversations about pressure. On-field football pressure, Jared Goff's lack of mobility really hurts him. Off-field pressure, I think he's a really resilient dude. I mean, he was given up on by the team that drafted him, a team that he helped get to the Super Bowl. They left him for dead. They wrote him out of their Hollywood script. He watched another team go win a Super Bowl, and the coach badmouthed him. He came here, put his nose down, got to work. I think he's a better quarterback today than he was at any point in L.A. I think off-field pressure, resilience, that's actually a positive for Jared Goff. I'm not worried about if he gets paid, he's going to not be able to – to handle pressure. I think he is someone who can handle no, pressure. I think, he, I think he'll be able to handle pressure, Paul, but bad games, people ain't going to be chanting Jared Goff at the grocery store. <laughs> Nor should they. Nor <laughs> should they. I mean, you got you to know that's part of being an athlete, though. I liked what Spencer Torkelson said yesterday when he was getting a lot of flack early in the year last baseball season, and he said, I didn't give people something to cheer about. Right. That's the deal no, when no, you're no, a no, professional athlete. You know that. You come out in the third quarter like you did this year in the third quarter. It's not the same because you're making $200 million. You're not allowed to come out of halftime and look that bad. Make it what you're making now? Okay, he'll turn it around. Expectations go higher the more you make. That's all I'm saying. I hope people are ready for this. I say bring it on. I say bring it on. That's what we wanted. We wanted expectations. We want to have teams that we feel like we go into. Expectations is one thing. When you're actually in the fire. It's totally different. You'd rather be in the fire than than be where they'd been. David, I mean, you, as as a father, you probably had expectations of what it was going to be like to be a father when your wife got pregnant. And then once it happened, all your expectations got crumbled up and you were learning on the fly. No, they pretty much. I was about um, to say, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm talking to Superman over there. No, you're right. You do have things in your head and you build up what it's going to be like and things completely change. Not for the worst, but it's just different than what you thought. Yeah. Do we have a consensus on the ticket text? What do people say? Uh, Someone says pay off $35 million a year with a Super Bowl bonus of $15 million. It's just not the real world. (laughs) It's not how it works. They don't have to pay them or pay him now. He's on a contract for one more year. And then you franchise him the next two years if he's good. Period. Okay. That was Rico's point. That it's an option yeah. is what I'm saying. If you're not, because here's the thing. That's why I, I, you probably should have locked them up. You didn't know how good your season was going to be, but you have big paydays coming up in a few years. Yeah, but you can stagger them a little bit. And I know the off season is going to be all about, you know, how they do that. But you guys on this show love to point out. 
Salary cap's not real. It's not. It's not real. And that's why I said pay him and you can restructure it down the line, make money for somebody or, else, Rob Peter to pay Paul. The, or, all these teams Or do you could it. just tag him and pay him that one year and see how it goes. And then let me read this one here. It says, David, pray for me. Cookies just endorsed golf. <laughs> Hell just froze over. I feel like you have to be open-minded here. I wanted to see him do it in the playoffs. He did. I'm not going to sit here and stubbornly cling to an opinion I had a year ago when he proved me wrong. And I'm glad that he proved me wrong. I'm glad that there's a certainty tax worth paying in Detroit. That there's a QB that you feel like when you get in the playoffs can help ice playoff games and hit big throws. I like having a guy like that. So, sure. Let hell freeze over. 248-539-9797. The golf conversation's only begun. It's 97-1. 97-1. David Ticketex. First time in my career, bad bite. Never done that before. Oh, no. It's always been the other guys. It's never been me. Wow, that's bad. Two hundred million. Wait, what happened? It's a bad, bad bite. bite. I've never done that in my oh, career. It's okay. always been you guys, <laughs> no. never me. Wow. Two hundred million. We're going to pay for that guy who can't throw spirals under pressure. No thanks. Another one says, "What's the bell ding for?" You know what? It's a, I don't even know what it's a commercial for, but it's like one of the exhilarating things in life. And saying "I told you so" is one. I don't know what the commercial's for, but yeah. I told people will have zero time. The man that they love, once you get $200 million and he does anything wrong. Okay, but I'm going to call Bula Bula on it because people were doing that already. Right. Already. Are they going to be a little louder? No, I don't care. No, he won the people over. All of a sudden, when he won that playoff game, all was forgiven. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Is he here? No, but Jared Goff. You think people are going to turn on? Oh my God, yes, man! You are loving this. You want them to rip? No, I don't. I just, (laughs) I just, I no. I said I need people to be okay, and this is going to happen. Man, they're going to get any faster. He's not going to be able to throw the ball deeper down the field. None of this changes except for his wallet. To your point, Terry from Ann Arbor says, as a Cowboys fan, that's exactly what happened to me once Dak got paid fifty plus million. I expected way more. Same would happen with Jared Goff. That's fine. I think you welcome that. You welcome expectations when you think you're one of the best at your position and you're chasing a Super Bowl. Oh, no, no. Goff will be okay. I'm talking about Detroit won't. Yeah, well, if they win, everyone's happy. If they lose, Detroit, no one's happy. Detroit's going to gonna be like the Dallas fan there. That, and that's a great example. Dak was on that rookie deal. Oh, it's just Dak. Dak on $50 million. Oh, Dak, you suck. Sign him for a billion. Who cares? Not my money. <laughs> I love those people. No, but you know what? That person's actually right. It's not your money. Who cares? Oh, salary cap. Not, it ain't real. Right. And and right. Rubber band. You can figure it well, out. That's the key. It, it, rubber band's your, the perfect analogy for it. You fit something else in there. It's not your money. So if they choose to spend it, don't get upset. I, I'm trying to help the people. I know it may not seem like it, and David thinks I'm having fun. I'm really trying to prepare the people. I know you are. I know you this are. This is going to happen, okay? This is one of those where you're not listening to it now, but later you're like, you know what? You've been trying to tell it. Yes, 
I'm getting you prepared now. Go ahead, David. If you sign him to an extension, the first couple years are going to have small cap hits. Yeah. Franchise tagging him will have a huge cap number. I'd rather sign him to the four-year $200 million deal. See, the thing is, if you sign him to the number, I would have the huge cap hit early. Get it out the way. Free up money. Because down the line, to pay Sewell, you're going to have a whole lot of people that are the core players that you're going to have to pay. So if you're, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to do it, do it. Give him a gigantic guarantee up front. So therefore, the back end of his deal would be very cap friendly. But he still got all of his money. Because always, right, right now, you got two people you got to pay, really, if you think about it. It's always good when the back end is friendly. Now, Rieger will say something. Go ahead. What? I just wanted to let that marinate for no, a second. No, I mean, when the well, back end like, of a contract of course. is friendly. I just noticed Jim move closer to you. Yeah, <laughs> I want him to feel like it's okay. We're yeah. not putting him on an island. No. I feel like he said some things the last couple of And now days he's touching been, you. It's no. been awkward. I want him to know it's okay. Oh, have you listened he to scooted the... farther away. I need that noted. All right, I'll give you your space. Did, did you guys happen to listen to the morning show today? Did you hear Stoney's stance on rushing the court? Oh, no. Oh, yes. he you know how the one guy you guys did yeah, the tribute hero. to the one guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, did you hear this? I heard it. What Apparently, Stoney say? Stoney feels it's very bizarre. He couldn't really communicate why for men to rush the court in a women's basketball game with a big win. Okay, but it was a men's basketball game. No, no, talking no. About no they, Iowa, they were talking right? about Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Oh, she tonight. Tonight. Oh. Yes. I don't get it. Why? I don't get it either. Exactly. Uh, they, they, I don't know if he got it. Because she got clobbered one time when they rushed the By court. the Ohio State yeah. fan, yeah. Well, yeah, because the, the stupid fan is going live on social I media know. and just ran out and Would have been a her. cool get, by the way. I mean, Or those, she flopped. Those likes would have been nice. <laughs> she did flop. <laughs> she did. But, yeah, if, if she's at that status. If, yeah, if you beat her and her team, you're well, rushing no, the court. Well, they rushed the court in Iowa when they win tonight and she beats the no. Uh, record? No. No? No, but no. she said she does not want the game stopped. Which means she, she really does. She's eight points away from getting the record. She's saying, if I get the record in the first quarter, don't stop the game. Do something afterwards. Let's just keep going. But they stopped the game for LeBron. Why not yeah. stop the game for her? Why not ca- Caitlin? I don't know. She's, that was her words, guys, not me. Who's to say she's going to score eight points tonight? Against Could that, you imagine? That great Michigan defense. So is, uh, is Jawan coaching? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can women rush the court for a men's game? I don't no, know. You got to ask Stoney. No, no, no. Those no, are the rules. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they have. Okay. But Stoney understands that for some reason. You know what the sad reason. reality is? I, I miss court storming at MSU. You you don't do it anymore. Yeah, not this is this is like a weird do. humble brag. Our program's too no, good to no, storm no, no, the court. No, 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 no. It was because it used to be fun because they would go. I, I love it when I see, but they they don't. The last time they did it, they beat Wisconsin, who was number one. Drew Neitzel hit a three point shot it's that like bounced 07. all around. The thing is, there are no more superpowers in college basketball where it's unbelievable. Like Marquette's number four in the country. Like, oh, we beat Marquette. Well, Joe, I I said I think that there's probably one last court storming. If Duke was there, ranked one, and they beat him, they would rush the court. I think that's fair. Like if Caitlin Clark beat Duke men's basketball team, you would rush the court. Could men rush the court? No, no, not not, no. But but that's a... 
That's a oh, Stoney. Oh it's multiple genders. That's where I get into. I, I don't we think need so. Stoney's ruling I, I, on that. Call Stoney. Get him on the, okay. get him on the horn. Hey, rule on it tomorrow. Everybody they spent like 30 we... minutes on it. My, my buddy called me. He's like, dude, Stoney just said the weirdest thing. Like, what did he say? He's like, <laughs> I'm, narrow it down. He's like, I'll say part for the course, right? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, in one hour, one segment. He's Everybody like, has he weird hills said. they die on. And yes. that's, that one is one where, yeah, you're on your own. Wait, did he really die on that hill? Well, he's alive. He'll be in tomorrow. Yeah, I think he's alive. Okay, all right. Just it checking. continued for about like 30 minutes oh because my. Gov and Heather and John would not let it go. And then Stoney's like, well, well, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of weird. You just shouldn't have women and men mingling together on the course. Yes. The co-eds? No, can't do it. It's like a seventh grade dance, right? Yeah. They should be separated. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, we're going to get some Lions free agents going, okay? We're okay. going to go pick some up. We're going to go buy some, and then we're going to decide which of the Lions free agents they're going to keep. And and I think they should I think they should keep uh, Jared Goff. I know he's not a free agent, but, yeah, I would sign him up. Yeah, bold opinions said, coming up. You mm-hmm. sign, lock him up now, mm-hmm. give, him a, give him the cap hit early, mm-hmm. and then make it cap friendly. Well, now, if, if Costa's come over to paying Jared Goff. The Rico won't. Everybody is over no, then, no, right? No, 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 don't do that. I oh, didn't I'm, say. I'm going to do that to you. We got one more day together. I'll I, do that to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just wait wow, tomorrow. Changed, wait till it? tomorrow, buddy. Oh, my. Oh, no. Wait till tomorrow. And also, Rieger's doing something so annoying this weekend. Honest to God, this is why. I'm going out of town no, this no, weekend. No, what no, are you no, talking no, about? No, but you're, doing, you're letting your family do something. Oh, this, that, that's tonight. The, okay, this is why I don't know why people get married and have kids. This, for this, tonight. I have no idea why people do that. They're going to have fun. Yeah. And how much is it going to cost you? A lot of money. Okay. All right. I just don't get it. I asked our boss for a raise. He said he's going to get oh, back to me. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah, let us know how that goes.